Alright, creatures of the night! Welcome to Talking Taker, episode 164 of our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all Tizam, The Undertaker! My name is Alex Dorio, I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. And I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, my fellow creature of the night. He tells you one and one make three. He's the cult of personality, Mr. Travis White. Travis, tonight we are talking about WrestleMania 29, CM Punk versus The Undertaker. And I do believe, my friend, it's clobbering tizam. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it is clobbering time. Dude, why was I never in the cult of personality? I can remember wrestling, man. Mm. Personality. Missed bar. opportunity. I beat it a fool. Oh, anyway. Yeah, man. It's clobbering time for sure. I've been looking forward to this one. Uh, I remember just watching this match like it was yesterday. Looking forward to the buildup. Uh, a lot of fun stuff to talk about here. A lot of stuff, surprisingly, to talk about, actually. So I was surprised when we dug into this how much there was to go to go through. So because he's basically taking a year off. So we'll get into it here. Certainly a memorable match. Certainly a historic match. An important match in the career and the legacy of the Undertaker, as we know. And this CM Punk. Is, and CM Punk. CM Punk's final WrestleMania to date, and uh, this is of course the final match in the legendary streak of The Undertaker here as he tries and succeeds and going 21-0 at WrestleMania and it'll be his last time with that O at the end of that streak. Uh, So we're going to celebrate that. We will mourn it uh, in a few weeks or a couple weeks when we get to that match itself. Uh, But we're going to celebrate it and all that it was tonight and talk about this very, um, very excellent matchup, man, that really does hold up. But we'll get to that. Uh, we'll take this time traveling hearse back to uh, not too far, man. Uh, I, I keep I'm scrolling yeah. to the network when I watch stuff, and I don't have to scroll as far anymore, no. man. <laughs> no, it's weird. We're taking it's a time traveling hearse back to 2012. We pick up after the end of an era with the Undertaker and Triple H. Undertaker going to 20 and 0 at WrestleMania, defeating Triple H inside Hell in a Cell, having that iconic send off, uh, his curtain call, if you will. At MetLife mm-hmm. Stadium, felt like it could have been the end right there. Felt like it could have been a very fitting ending for the Undertaker and his whole career right there. So uh, a lot of mystery was in the air the night after WrestleMania 28 on April 2nd, 2012, and the Undertaker and Triple H, uh, neither one of them anywhere to be seen on this night. Uh, but instead, we get just one of the all-time greatest. Monday Night Raw moments in history here and uh, we bring it up because it is so legendary and because it plays an important part in The Undertaker's career uh, in our next episode uh, because it is the WWE return after eight years of Brock Lesnar makes a shocking return after 
going to play football for a little while and then going to win uh, the UFC heavyweight championship. Uh, there was buzz and rumors, talks about Brock signing a contract. But man, when he came out at the end of this episode of Monday Night Raw, it's one of the loudest reactions you'll ever hear. Mm-hmm. It's just, it was just so shocking because you thought he probably would never be back. Uh, and here he was all these years later. Uh, man, I, I don't even know what else to say about it. It was, I mean, yeah, I remember you, you heard rumblings or read them, and people had Lesnar signs in the in the crowd and stuff. But some of that's wishful thinking, but, you know, I didn't care because it wasn't confirmed to me in my book until I actually heard his music and he came out. And um, it's funny, too, because he comes out without Paul Heyman. I remember Heyman wasn't added until a few weeks later when they realized Lesnar can't talk for himself. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, man, this was huge. I loved it. I just to, I love him coming in and just F5 and John Cena and getting the heck out of there. Yep. There's a classic, that classic reaction of the Brock Lesnar guy doing the, you know, cheering when, when Lesnar does his pose. It's just, it's great, man. This is a great moment. Again, and you got the best crowd of the whole year there to see that. Just what an iconic moment to end Raw that night. So, but yeah, future WrestleMania opponent for Taker. That's where it all came and from. The Brock Lesnar guy. Yeah, former opponent yeah. as well. Uh, he kicks Cena's hat out of the ring. Just a fantastic touch to that. Um, actually, remember I was uh, I didn't watch Raw live that night. I was out on this was our like spring break uh, in Augusta uh, that week, and I, I took my then girlfriend at the time, uh, future wife. Uh, we went on a day trip to Asheville, North Carolina, and I just remember reading about Lesnar coming back on Twitter and I we I didn't get home to like 12:30 or 1 but I remember I, I I went back and I had to watch Raw. I was dead tired but I was like oh my god I cannot believe this I got to I got to yeah. go back and watch this and pull it up on the DVR and it was uh, just as awesome as I had read about it but uh really uh the the only other taste of Undertaker we get in the few weeks after WrestleMania is on April 9th 2012 uh, we get a video package that just continues to put over the end of the era match. And it's similar to stuff that we've seen uh, building up that match and building up the WrestleMania 27 match as well. Just some talking heads from a lot of the modern era guys. Uh, CM Punk himself, uh, John Cena, William Regal, Cody Rhodes, Daniel Bryan, guys like this. Just really talking about how amazing that match was. Um, you know, uh, getting people... To go buy the DVD, I guess, when it comes yeah. out in a few weeks. Yeah. Uh, but The Miz actually makes a fantastic comment on here saying that his dad, uh, who we know, <laughs> who yeah. had his own WrestleMania Famous. moment, <laughs> yeah. he says, My dad would tell me about, you know, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. I'm going to be telling this story. So I think there's probably a lot of fans yes. out there that feel that way. Yeah, it's a great comment, man. And, you know, nowadays, you know, fast forward eight years and he's got two kids, you know. So their da- he's got two daughters, doesn't he? I don't think he's going to be – they may not be interested. But, you know, anyway, that's just a great <laughs> comment. And you wouldn't expect it from The Miz there, you know. I really didn't. So I thought he had the most insightful comment of the whole whole shebang there. But I really dug it. But, yeah, basically it was just a show for the DVD. sort <laughs> of Blu-ray. So. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, then we don't really see or hear anything from The Undertaker until Raw 1000. So this is on July 23rd, uh, 2012. I remember watching this. Um, this is the first of the permanent three-hour Raw. So after this night, they're all three hours. So I can't believe that's been going on for eight years now, man. That's nuts. So um, 
Yes, yeah, crazy thing about how yeah. long it's been. Because I remember it used to be really special episodes and be three hours and be like, oh, how great. And now it's like too much of a good thing is a bad thing sometimes. It's like some of these rods feel like eight years long. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but um, I remember uh, watching this at home and you had a crew at your house, didn't you? To watch yeah, this. we had a big uh, party. Again, my future wife was like the first time we watched wrestling together. And she brought her two little brothers over who were both uh, big wrestling fans at the time. And uh, uh, so it was fun to hang out with them. Just, you know, we, I think we grilled out hamburgers and sausages and stuff. Three year or uh, thousandth episode, man. They're, yeah. uh, they'll be close to 2000 soon. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's nuts, man. But yeah, you just got a lot of video packages of raw from the last 999 episodes i wrote years in my notes here sorry 999 episodes it feels like 999 years or so many episodes are so long but yeah of course you got to take her appearing in those highlight videos plenty of times and of course we was in the main event of the first ever raw so crazy night here with the dx reunion you got brian and aj's wedding he slater he slater fights lita i believe and the other he does are out there and loses slick yeah slick <laughs> is out there for the wedding uh, Sean Mooney is interviewing people in the back. It's just Kane comes out with his welder's mask. This is when Kane had returned with a mask on top of his mask. So <laughs> go figure. Um, he went to the wig store wig. with the Undertaker yeah. too. <laughs> got did. a new weave. He got that. He also got that devil's haircut in his mind. So <laughs> he put it on and uh, brought himself a wig out. So and that wig would come into play in 2018, 19, whenever that was. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah, not the last time we'll hear about <laughs> not that. Not the last time we'll oh, hear about boy. The devil's favorite demon wig. Oh, so, <laughs> but yeah, Kane comes out in his welder's mask for his match, and before he can even hit his pyro, future WWE champion Jinder Mahal's music hits, and he comes out with the, the new job squad, which is not you know not the classic one with Al Snow, but this is um, Jinder, uh, Kurt Hawkins, T Rex, uh, Tyler Rex, uh, Drew McIntyre. Hunico and Camacho. So uh, two of those guys are still in the company. Um, and two of those guys and, would be future world champions. Yeah, the two they are still there. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So um, yeah, it's weird. But yeah, they're the job squad, and they basically say they're being overlooked for the last 999 episodes, and they're going to you know, make their – take their own op- the opportunity into their own hands. And before they can even attack Kane, we hear the gong, and Undertaker comes out for the first time since WrestleMania 28, and – crowd loves it again he's main evented the first raw and he's returning for the thousandth episode which is pretty cool and um still got his super shredder cloak on there and king does mention how like i said taker was there for for raw one and now he's here and he raises the light gets in the lights and gets in the ring with his big his little brother kind of eyes Kane in the corner and takes his hood off but takes a little i don't know to me it was like a little sloppy the way he took his hood off it, it didn't really like throw back the way he wanted it to, nope so <laughs> He but, tries uh, to, yeah. and it gets stuck on the back it of his hand, and he has to just, yeah. like, shake it off. <laughs> shake it off like a dog. But anyway, he's got an even closer shave, like Mohawk, man. It's, like, real tight on the side. It's, like, almost, like, straight razor on the side. But anyway, they the Brothers of Destruction look at each other, and then the jobbers get in the ring, and they just just do what they do. They hand on their butts and hit stereo choke slams on Hawkins and, and Hunico or Camacho, one of those. I don't remember which one, but... Then they do the throat slash in unison and tombstone both those guys, and they come face-to-face in the middle and kind of look over their fallen prey. And I don't know if somebody missed their cue or what here, but the crowd's chanting, this is awesome, and 
eventually the jobbers roll out of the ring and they finally do the Shakespeare pose and uh, take his music plays. And it was like, I don't know, it was kind of bad timing there. <laughs> timing did you feel like that? Yeah, yeah I, really they like I really did. sat there with the just waiting for their music to play for like two minutes, man. <laughs> What I think is supposed to happen is when they tombstone the guys, they were supposed to immediately roll out, and they didn't. I think that's what happened because they're kind of standing there, and you can you can see Taker look, look down. He's I think he even says like "get out" or something, and he kicks the guy, whoever it is, Camacho or whatever. So I think that was the missed time stuff, but he wasn't very long for that company after that. I don't believe. So. But anyway, the crowd's happy, you know. And then I just I want to mention something else here. Um, uh, Cena cashes in his money in the bank at the end. Again, his money bank contract against CM Punk and Big Show causes a DQ and Cena's unsuccessful at cashing in and The Rock comes down and hit the people's elbow on the Big Show to rekindle their feud from 2000, I guess. And right. uh, CM Punk runs back in the ring and uh, clotheslines The Rock, hits the go to sleep on him, and this is Punk's big, big heel turn here. So he's going to later on in the summer align himself with Paul Heyman, and that's kind of how we, you know, we're talking about him here. So I just kind of wanted to plant the seeds for where we're headed. Uh, with his heel turn because he will be healed by the time we get to WrestleMania of next year. So I remember that being very shocking to me when I watched it. I did not see Punk turning heel. I knew as soon as Rock came out the night after WrestleMania and said, I'm going to go for the world title next year. Like I knew Punk's not going to carry it to Mania. I hope he would. You and I both hope he'd carry it for a long time. He does carry it for a long time, but I just hope he'd get to Mania the next year's Mania since he got screwed out of 2012. But it wasn't for this world, but it is what it is. But yeah, Punk turns heel here on this night, and uh, we'll see where it goes from here. So, you know, he absolutely makes the most out of his opportunity and his time, though. Even though, yes, yeah. does he deserve that main event spot? Does he deserve to be in the world title picture? Sure, uh, absolutely. Uh, I'm wearing my CM Punk ice cream bar shirt. Oh I yeah, I believe you got me. Uh, I did, yes. if, I, if I recall, yes. Uh, yeah. So uh, we're obviously big CM Punk fans, and and you returned uh, the favor, and we'll talk about that when we get to this match. So <laughs> I did. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, he he's still awesome in everything he does uh, during this time, and he he just kills it. And him being a heel, uh, while it was unexpected, he he absolutely crushes yeah. it, and it's probably better for him uh, mm-hmm. long term to be in that heel role. But uh, it's important to talk about that as we before we get to this match. Uh, of course, Taker comes back here and looks like they're going to build to Taker and Kane versus Hunico and Kurt Hawkins at WrestleMania 29 <laughs> at this point. Yeah. But kind of the end of that feud here, uh, surprisingly. But yeah. uh, a couple other things happen before we get to this match uh, that we should note. Uh, Survivor Series 2012 is the famous debut of The Shield, so another future WrestleMania opponent of The Undertaker in Roman Reigns making his on-screen debut. And they're actually tied in with CM Punk at the beginning Mm -hmm. of this feud, sort of loosely connected with him and Paul Heyman and uh, Brad Maddox and a lot of weird stuff that they never quite tied up. Um, But uh, they kind of ended up going on their own run. But, man. I watched this one live with my buddy Gene. Dude, three stars, like three future immediate. world champions, three three immediate stars. I mean, they knew how to book these guys. They were so good right off the bat. I, I kind of mentioned it last week, but they just made me fall in love in wrestling with wrestling mm-hmm. again in a lot of ways. CM Punk did with Money in the Bank, and then Shield kind of re and Daniel Bryan as well just reaffirmed yeah. that man. Just so good week after week after week. Yeah, and we'll talk more about them on next week's episode as well. But um. 
yeah, just a great debut. Again, they're loosely aligned with Punk here. So, anyway. And then uh, Punk, as you mentioned, he's going to lose the WWE Championship after a uh, record-setting 434 days, the longest title reign of the uh, past 25, yeah, something like that, so. years of, of the modern era, basically. Loses <laughs> it to The Rock, uh, which is... <laughs> I mean, in 2007 or, or eight, would you have ever thought CM Punk versus The Rock would headline a pay-per-view in WWE? Uh, pretty cool that CM Punk got to have that, even though, yeah. you know, uh, I know he was bitter about it, but, you know, you can't win them all. You can't always be on top, but still right. pretty awesome that he got to work with The Rock and then would go on to have a second pay-per-view match against The Rock yeah. the next month later. Yeah. And I think is it the second one or the first one we lose the he loses doesn't he lose the title to the people's elbow or is uh, that the next month I, no, can't I don't remember, remember. one yeah. of them he loses to the people's elbow and I just remember okay. like I think I heard an interview he was like if I'm gonna lose I just lose that stupid move like I'm not like I think it was cool of him to be like, like that's, that's a ridiculous move you know like yeah, it is he's like I might as well just lose to that so I thought that was pretty neat um and in, in hindsight but yeah so anyway yeah you know. Again, selfishly, I wanted him to headline Mania. I thought he deserved it. But if you're not going to be in a title match in Mania, what's we've, we've been saying this episode after episode with WrestleMania. What's next best thing? Or sometimes the best thing. It's that Taker match. You know? Exactly. So. Uh, you, you know, it, it, it is the third title match when it comes to WrestleMania. Yep. And sometimes, yep. I mean, you could say definitely the past few years it's bigger than the uh, world title match. You yeah. Know? Maybe not the WWE Championship, but... <laughs> The uh, world title, which was an eight-second match in you know a right. few weeks before this, so yeah, yeah. Well, after you know, so after Elimination Chamber, I think it's the the next week uh, or the next night. Next Punk, night, I think. Anyway, yeah. yeah, next night, Punk and Cena get into it, and basically he says, you know, because Cena had won the Royal Rumble, so Punk's like, you know, I deserve the main event, blah blah blah. So they make a match for the next week. So Raw, February twenty fifth, two thousand thirteen. Uh, Punk cuts a promo before his number one contender match against Cena, saying that tonight isn't about another epic match between the two of them. It's not about John Cena or The Rock or WrestleMania or the people or the WWE title. It's about the one thing more important than the WWE title or WrestleMania. It's about the future. Tonight is about me, he says. Tonight's about the single most important superstar of this era and eras gone past and about me taking my place at WrestleMania in the main event. He says, you know, I've beaten Cena. I've pinned The Rock twice in the last four weeks. And he says, I am not just a superstar. No, I I am an icon that walks amongst superstars. I am the one that gets looked up to. You are in the presence of greatness on two feet. I am not just a human being. I am immortal. I am immortal. I am the greatest. I am the best in the world. I am the greatest of all time. A legend. An icon. The best. The greatest. And in this world that you all inhabit, I... I am God. Which, a little blasphemous there at the end there. But, again, this is setting us up for him saying he's immortal, the greatest, the legend, the icon. It's setting us up for where we're headed next. And uh, the main event of this night is, hands down, one of my favorite mm. Raw matches in history. Mm. I will go back and watch it at least once a year. Um, really? I, oh, yeah. I 
love this match. Uh, this is one of my favorite. This is probably below Money in the Bank 2011 for me, just with them two. Um, Punk and Cena have an incredible match. Uh, I remember kind of hoping, like, oh, maybe they'll, like, maybe Punk will win it and he'll get to main event again, and Rock will lose before we get there, and it'll be, I don't know, whatever. But maybe they'll make it a three-way or something. Yeah, or something. But, but go watch this match, guys. It's uh, and they, they, I've heard both guys being interviewed and saying that they didn't call anything in this match. They just said, you know, we know the ending, we know the beginning, and that's it. I mean, Punk does a pile driver. See <laughs> uh, nipples on a hurricane rana. It's ridiculous, and like the crowd is in a frenzy. I don't remember which town they're in, but they are, they are, on their feet. Like you haven't seen in the PG era for a while. Like there's not a lot of stuff. That's this true. Not, doesn't feature Triple H or The Undertaker or Randy Orton or something like that, or that gets people on their feet like this. This match got them on their feet, and um, King is going nuts. And this is the main event match that I know I personally was hoping for and thought it should have been was Punk and Cena for the world title, but uh, we didn't get it. But please, go go watch this match, guys. I really do recommend it. It's I, legitimately one of my favorite Raw matches of all time. But that heads us into the next week on Raw to build. You're not wrong, man. Uh, I remember it live, man. It was a fantastic match. Uh, I, I did not go back and watch it uh, for this for this buildup, but now, uh, now I want to. <laughs> you hyped it up so much, man. It's so uh, good. It, it man. is great. It's fantastic. I did, however, watch this old school oh, Raw, yeah. <laughs> uh, March fourth, two thousand thirteen. Man, I miss old school Raw. I don't know why they don't do it anymore. Because uh, it, it's right in my like, three or four years, and then they, yeah, they don't do it, do it a few anymore. Times. Yeah. yeah, man, bringing out the red, white, and blue ropes. Uh, I guess you know they don't have Mean Gene and anymore, and, and the Fink anymore. So they, it's not yeah. the same. No more May Young. Uh, man, it might just be depressing to do old Jr. School. <laughs> but uh, man, I still love going back to this. And what better way to open up old school Raw than having the master of old school come out to open the show and make his first appearance since July of 2012? So what is that? Uh, almost eight months now yeah. uh, that, that we've gone without seeing Taker. And it's really cool. He comes out through the old school big giant raw yeah. letters, and he raises his arms up on the stage uh, or or in the entryway uh, before he gets to the ring. And we see on the Titantron the WrestleMania, uh, not WrestleMania twenty nine, uh, WrestleMania NYNJ logo because this oh, is no, the first it was year Ninja. <laughs> is that how you spell Ninja? <laughs> yeah, WrestleMania Ninja. How dare he probably spells it? Ninja. Well, yeah, Rhino this is the first year they didn't. They got rid of the numbers, and I mean, right. they don't. They don't do numbers anymore at all. It's just WrestleMania mm-hmm. uh, Star, or WrestleMania Sunshine, or WrestleMania yep. Pirate Ship. Yeah. WrestleMania PC. That's this it. Year. Yeah, it was that this year. <laughs> Although they still had the pirate flag in there. Yeah, <laughs> it was true. So. Obviously, looks like the Undertaker is back. He is back for twenty-one and O. He solves that mystery for us, even though uh, Michael and King can't understand the symbolism here. Uh, they're asking themselves, "Yeah, does this mean the Undertaker is returning at WrestleMania?" I, I'd say so, guys. How, <laughs> I don't know how else you mean? could interpret that. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> well, yeah. CM Punk comes out with his manager Paul Heyman, as we mentioned, they're together now. And CM Punk clearly understood the symbolism there. Because yeah, smart guy. Uh, he says he should be main eventing this year's WrestleMania, defending the WWE Championship in the main event. But I agree. It, 
Well, he says it's your fault that he's not, Travis. He says exactly. it's the yeah. fans' fault. The fans screwed him. Uh, but in screwing him, they only screwed themselves. Because if he's not in the main event, then he sees no point in being at WrestleMania at all. But what he just saw gives him purpose. So he says the fans took from him, and now he's going to take from them. He's going to beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania and take away the streak from them. CM Punk says, You like this streak so bad? You want to roll your eyes at my 434 days? I got a new number for you. 20 and 1. And that 1, that 1 is drug free. That 1 is alcohol free. That 1 is straight edge. That 1 is the best in the world. His name is CM Punk. And he stands before you here today on Old School Raw. And he says what he means, and he means what he says. At WrestleMania, I beat the streak. Deal with it. <laughs> Just deal Great with promo, it. man. Uh, it, it was it's, awesome. It's logical. It makes sense. I buy into it. I buy into his reasoning. Um, I, I love his motivation here. But that's not all. Of course not. Uh, we got to fill up three hours of Monday Night Raw. So Randy Orton comes out and interrupts with a microphone he says Punk should not be so confident, especially because he beat Punk at WrestleMania. And Punk has never True. faced Undertaker at WrestleMania. And Randy Orton has. Orton says, I was just a rookie back then, which is not true. He'd been around for three years on the main roster at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, okay, whatever. He says, I came this close, and I'm not a rookie anymore. I'm the apex predator. He asked the Wrestle or the WWE Universe who they think should face Undertaker at WrestleMania, and they are pretty much on Orton's side. Although there are a few CM Punk chants in the crowd, which uh, we're going to hear a lot more CM Punk chants as this goes on. But they're it didn't on Orton's side. If he was tonight. a babyface or a heel, the fans were still with him. You know, it's like when Angle got the "You Suck" chants. That was out of respect. You know, you know, fans love to chant "You Suck." They love to chant CM Punk at this guy because they also. The hardcore ones, we were kind of ticked that like he wasn't going to get that main event spot. You know, all the stuff he's saying on TV is true. He's not lying. Like it, he should have main evented. He should have been this and that there. But like, it is the fans' fault. The fans bought the hype for Rock versus Cena, so Vince is like, let's do it again. <laughs> so, like, you know, whatever. But like, so yeah, you're always going to hear CM Punk chants, no matter babyface or heel. So I didn't mean to cut you off there. I just had to add that. He really is like a cult leader. He still is yeah. to this day. He still has this cult of fans that chant yeah. his name and are still obsessed with him, still want him to come back. Uh, well, the big show interrupts to make this an episode of the big show show and continue that never ending feud with The Undertaker. Yeah. He, he asked what makes these two guys think they have what it face takes to face Taker. He faced Undertaker at WrestleMania as well, but back then he didn't have this. And he holds up his fist. Uh, what did he have? Instead of his fist, <laughs> he didn't have his hand? Nope. <laughs> I don't, don't remember that part. It was a fake hand. It was a May Young hand <laughs> he had on there. Buster Blue hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Seamus comes out. Good lord. And oh. says out of the four of them, he's the only one who's never faced The Undertaker. And uh, I wrote, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> we never had to do an episode about that. Uh, which does mean he's never lost in The Undertaker. He says True. it will take more than a big fist, a GTS, or an RKO to put the dead man down. It'll take a big boot, 
all the heart in the world and the luck of the Irish to achieve the impossible. Ah, <laughs> that's been the problem at WrestleMania. No, that's it. no Irishman is taking them on. <laughs> and then uh, Vicky Guerrero, well, uh, welcome her back to the show. She excuses herself out into the conversation and uh, makes a fatal four-way match, obviously, for the end of the night with the number one contendership for the Undertaker title at WrestleMania here. Um, And then we actually get some, not just any kind of fan comments. We don't get tweets. We don't get Facebook comments. We get some touts from the (laughs) WWE Universe giving their thoughts on the main event, man. This brought me back. Oh man, I take a screenshot of that, and I'll we'll put it on our social media. It's right there. Oh, why don't you record a tout for us? Tout.com slash WWE hashtag WWE Taker is what you could have done. Well, uh, yeah. One fan uh, doesn't care who the Undertaker faces because Taker's going to beat them all. Another one picks Randy Orton. Two fans pick CM Punk, and one fan picks Sheamus. So nobody thinks the Big Show is going to win this match. (laughs) (laughs) Even they can see through all this. Yeah. But uh, CM Punk gets some more heel heat on the way to the ring because. The whole roster is out there with a birthday cake celebrating Mae Young's 90th birthday. And in the middle of the birthday song, CM Punk's music hits and he just brushes past her and ruins her birthday celebration. Uh, yeah. I guess they didn't want to pay the rights for the birthday song. Yeah, super well, expensive. He, he, he probably rather sing it himself like he did to Aaliyah, you know, a couple oh, years ago. Could have done that. <laughs> yeah. I wish he would have just shoved Mae's face in the cake just to go <laughs> over the top, man. <laughs> Give her a GTS on her 90th birthday. Uh. Holy cow. She would have gone for it. She would have gone for it, yeah. She didn't care. Well, as you can imagine, with these four guys in there, pretty fun, pretty competitive match in the main event. Pretty long. Uh, You know, matches are going longer and longer in this era to fill up three hours on Raw. And it's everybody getting out of everybody's finishers, reversing, hitting finishers, all that sort of stuff. And Punk eventually uh, hits a GTS on Randy Orton to get the pin over him. And... He goes on to face The Undertaker at WrestleMania as the announcers really putting over the importance of that match in Punk's career, the legacy that he would have if he was the guy to defeat the streak. And then the cult of personality music gets interrupted by the gong as the lights go out and Taker steps into the arena to end the show. He walks through the smoke and stops halfway through the aisle again and stares down his WrestleMania opponent as we get a... Uh, yet yet another WrestleMania match for The Undertaker. It's official, man. But uh, the happiness for The Undertaker is not going to last long because the next day is going to be tragic. Yeah, so that was Monday, Tuesday. The very next day, March 5th, 2013, uh, William Moody, who is, as we know here on Talking Takers, Paul Bearer, he passes away of a heart attack. And I remember just, it was so sad at the time. Again, 
you and I both talked extensively about how we really enjoyed Paul Bear, but uh, we enjoy him more now because we've seen how vital and how much he added to everything. I, mean, I really I still dug him back then. I was sad that he passed away, but um, I'm so much more sadder now reliving it and going back and, and watching this stuff. It's like because we really had just grown to just really love how much he added. And um, you probably have more memories of him because you watched a lot earlier on than I did. So I came in later to the game. So um, you want to say anything about Bear passing away here? 58 years old, man. Just way, yeah. way too young, far too young for him to pass away at that age. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, we've if you go back and listen to the archives, that was the biggest one of the biggest things we discovered was just how yeah. vital he was. You know, obviously he jumped off the screen to anybody. You know, when you watch wrestling back then, especially to kids, that voice and that presence. You know, you always used to imitate that, and you know, it was so. Uh, eye-catching and eye-popping and uh, it would make you want to stick around but man even the the subtle stuff that he did you talked about you would always talk about mr bear's opus and how he would conduct the crowd and get them into everything always knew where the camera was to always had a great comment to give into there um was always in character and not just that, just as a he when he turned when he turned on Undertaker too, and, and he helped build up the the Kane character and even the Mankind, Mankind character as well. Yeah. He was so good that all that build up to the revelation of Kane, oh, yeah. all of those promos were so good in a much different way. Man, yeah. he's just so amazing, so fantastic. I really would. I used to think he was one dimensional, but I would seriously rank him up there with Bobby Heenan and Paul Heyman and Jim Cornette, like the Mount Rushmore of announcers. And I, I think he doesn't get the credit that he deserves. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. He's really, really good, man. Great manager. And, you know, he'll be missed. And But his legacy is going to live on because we're going di- to we're gonna just dig our heels in and just really push it to the forefront here in the storyline, which, again, some people – uh, thought it was a little bit tasteless. Some people still do. Um, I don't know. I can't speak for Paul Bear. I didn't know him, but I don't know if he wanted any other way. You never know, man. His family said that too. Like they were okay with, with this stuff. Um, uh, I think the interviews I've heard with him. But uh, anyway, it just you know, he's a yeah. he's a carny. He's a carny like oh, the wrestling yeah. folk. You know what I'm saying? So he he wants to be a part of the show as much as he can. You know, so That's I think what he everyone just, said. Yep. Yeah. And he's. Yeah, he's very dark sense of humor. I mean, he yeah. was an actual funeral director, an artistian, <laughs> yeah. just to, you know. Uh, so it does seem like if anyone would want to be a part of a wrestling angle after they died, yes. it would be Paul Bearer. So exactly, you know, we n- we'll never know for sure, but he was probably okay right. with it. Um, I personally, definitely back then, I was like, ooh, I don't know about this. Uh, it does. It, it, d- cheap heat in a lot of ways, um, and especially one moment that we'll get to that I, to me, there is one moment that I, I wish they wouldn't have done, but um, for the most part, I actually think it's pretty great. Yeah. I really didn't mind it back then. I just, because I just, I guess I knew he's a carny folk, man. He would dig this, I think. But again, I've never met him. But anyway, that brings us to March 11th. So this is six days after he passed away. Um, we're all going to open with a, a memorial of Paul Bear. Oh, really quick, let me take it aside. After we recorded our episode last week, uh, uh, the Road Warrior passed away. 
Uh, so we want to say our condolences to him. You know, we, we've uh, animal uh, and, you know, we, we made fun of his brother, John Lornardis on the show last week. But that's his <laughs> real brother, you know, uh, Joe Lornardis. So he passed away. So, you know, love the Road Warriors, probably greatest tag team of all time. Them were the Steiners, in my opinion, just hard hitting great. But yeah, uh, our thoughts and prayers out with that family. So anyway, yeah, we just not- didn't have time to record something last week about it. So. Really not hardly any Undertaker interaction with Road Warrior Animal mm-hmm. or the Road Warriors in general. I did post a, a like a nineteen ninety one six man tag with Undertaker and the Road Warriors against like the Beverly brothers and yeah. Skinner or something. I don't even remember who the the three guys were, but uh man, they could have had some awesome matches with each other or against each other, kinda of sad. Well, them versus the bros instruction. We talked about that on our fantasy episode. Yeah, yeah, we did, we did. Fantastic. Yeah. So, but anyway, Opens up, this Raw opens up with a video memorial of Paul Bear. It's a great, obviously, Taker's heavily involved in it. Um, and you get a little headshot or a talking head of Vince again, which is rare. I think it's from a, uh, you know, a DVD or something from earlier on in the years. But he says, you know, he's the most unique manager in the history of the business, which probably true. You know, he really yeah. was unique. So, and we end with the old shot of Taker saying, rest in peace. And uh, Paul Bear's there and lights coming out of the urn. So, really, really touching. And, Really, really classy there, um, and uh, Taker's music then hits, and he makes his way, his way out, and uh, he poses on the steps, and we see that the urn is on a pedestal, in the middle of the ring, and he gets uh, in the smoke-filled ring, and he eyes the urn, and he does a Shakespeare pose. Taker does, and he bows down to the urn as we see a tribute to Paul Bear on Titantron, the you know the in memory of, of William Paul Bear Moody, but then. The cult of personality interrupts, and CM Punk comes out, and King says this is the most disrespectful thing he's ever seen, mm. which, uh, yeah, he's not lying. So it was pretty disrespectful. You know, great great heel heat. You know, you call it cheap heat if you want to, but, you know, it's immediate heat for this guy, you know? So, um, but he's got a smirk on his face, and he's telling the crowd to simmer down, and he says, you know, you, you guys are misunderstanding me coming out here. He said, I want to come out here and extend personally my condolences my heartfelt apology for your loss at WrestleMania, which is just, <laughs> that's perfect, man. That's perfect. You know, the crowd's all over him, booing. He says, The silver lining in all of this tragedy is that to Paul Bearer, you will always be perfect. You will always be 20 and 0. But to everybody else, in four weeks, you're going to be 20 and one. Which, again, I think that's a fantastic what a line, line. man. I know. What a that's, line. I mean, that's, that's deep, dude. That's deep. So he says the night after WrestleMania, we're going to see a video about me and, and you know, not Paul Barry. So we're going to be asking people are going to ask themselves, where were you the night the CM Punk beat the streak? You know, and then he poses with his hands out. His taker just kind of stares at him. Very, very angry. Uh, probably for a shoot, just be- even though he knew it was going to happen, but I'm sure he's a little angry about the, the text that are, was written for Punk. So <laughs> then, oh, go ahead. Oh, I just can say, uh, there's nobody better than Punk to be like this disrespectful character. Yeah. To, like, he's a, he's an atheist, man. He's like, he has no... right. He doesn't believe in, you know, the afterlife. Anything. He doesn't believe in any yeah. of that. He doesn't care. He is, he's fine just being totally tasteless with this and running yeah. with it. Because, um, I mean, 
it's wrestling. It's a it's tasteless. Like the guy just died, sure. and we're using him at yeah. an angle, and he would have loved it. Uh, but it is a little tasteless. But it's still yeah. it's it's also great. Like I don't need that. I don't know. Maybe we're bad people because we enjoy stuff well, like this. If it had been Jinder Mahal come out and say it, it would have been out of it, line. He wouldn't have pulled character. it off. Punk, no. Punk can pull it off because it yes. fits him. Like you said, you know, it really does. Well, something else that. You know, if you missed, you know, if you miss what happens in a commercial back in these days, you could catch it on Raw Active on the WWE app on your phone <laughs> or iPad. I remember this being like a big <laughs> deal. Too. Like I didn't yeah. have a smartphone at the time, and like I had an iPod Touch. I tried to download the the app so I could watch what happens in the commercial. Yeah. I was excited about it. Well, they but pushed it the, during every oh, they did hard, free they moment. They it out on everything. Mm-hmm. So what actually happened during the commercial, courtesy of Raw Active, is that Kane made his entrance and almost choked Slam's Punk off of the apron until he escapes. And then later on we see Kane searching for Punk backstage, and he actually throws Alex Torelli across the locker room, probably getting a little uh, – probably threw it in kind of snug for John Cena on John Cena's behalf. So. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but then – Later, Punk barges in on Vicky and Brad Maddox, as Punk always calls him, Maddox, Maddox. Um, he says, I don't know why Kane attacked me. It says, me versus Taker. And Vicky's like, you know, tonight you're going to face Kane in a no-DQ match. This is punishment for disrespecting Paul Bear. So, um, which, And then Punk says, no, I'm not. Yeah, he's like, he's like <laughs> no, I'm not. And he walks, storms out of the office, which I think is great. So, um and then we see different highlights from Paul Bear's career throughout the night. And then something that's just totally out of nowhere. We get these uh, segments for the movie, uh, The Call, where Kane is actually pr- promoting us. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's a movie with Halle Berry. And Kane's, like, trying to get a date with her and stuff like that. And it's just weird because, like, in storyline, his dad just died, and you're playing right. this commercial for this movie. It's, and he's trying to get it's weird, man. It's but comedy segment, yeah, right after <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> we see yeah. him attack CM Punk, trying yeah. to get vengeance for his dead father. Like yeah, maybe save this exactly. one for next week. Or... Put on next week, yeah. <laughs> Not the best um, episode of Raw. Man. <laughs> no, but massive tool. Josh Matthews is going to interview Kane backstage uh, after he's you know chasing Punk around and. He says, you know, this obviously has to be a troubling time for you. And I'm like, you think, you idiot? His dad just died. Like, his storyline, his dad. It's not the Undertaker's dad, as we've established. Right. It's Kane's dad. Right. The Undertaker's dad is Mr. Taker. Like, it's, it's, this is Kane's dad. And so... He, Kane, also, he also does not ask him a question. Josh Matthews says, this must be a troubling time for you. And then just right. sticks the microphone in Kane's face. Yeah, like, he just sticks it up there. Like, hey, yeah. You didn't ask him anything. No. <laughs> you just made a statement. <laughs> no. And Kane is just, he's cradling the urn. He doesn't say anything, and he just walks away silently. And um, we see some tout That's because Josh Matthews people. didn't ask him a question. That's why he yeah, walked probably. away. <laughs> yeah, he has no respect for the you know journalism of, of uh, Josh Matthews. So <clears throat> get some tout videos of fans remembering Paul Bear. And uh, I just want to mention this real quick. This is one Please. of the, you know, I talked about, Raw the other week with uh, Punk and Cena is one of my favorite matches of all time. This next segment is one of the worst segments in Raw history. It's Jericho, Miz, Wade Barrett, and Brad Maddox. Do you remember this segment? No, I have I no idea what you're talking live. about. I remember watching it live thinking, this is one of the biggest wastes of crap I've ever seen in my life. And that's saying a lot. We've watched a lot of crap in wrestling. <laughs> yes, we have. And I was a huge WCW fan. I watched a lot of crap. But, um... Really? 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 <laughs> 
bad as this? <laughs> Even Cole and King start crapping on on commentary, which is, you know Vince is just feeding them the lines, and it's just so bad. Man, I recommend everybody watch it. You think Alexa Bliss and Bailey's This Is Your Life was bad? Go watch this segment. It was horrifying. Okay. I will. Anyway. Anyway, it just goes off the rails. Nobody has any – like Jericho's trying to save it, and he can't, and that's bad because Jericho can save anything. So um, main event, Punk and Kane and no DQ match. Um, Kane enters with the urn, but Punk attacks him before he can even get in the ring. So, again, just getting that heel heat. He's, this guy's dad just died a week ago, and he's beating him up before he can get in the ring, just being such a jerk. And But then Cole says uh, – something that drove me nuts. He's and he's going to repeat it multiple times during his build up. He says in 1997 Paul Bear introduced us to Kane, the Undertaker's stepbrother. I'm no genealogist. I do have a biology degree. But if I'm not mistaken, Kane and the Undertaker are half brothers. Yes. Right? Not yes. stepbrothers. Stepbrothers would be if they had separate parents totally that then one of their parents got married to the other one's parents. Or a half brother yeah. has at least like shares at least something. Yeah. Like, Paul Bearer did not marry Kane's mom. Or I mean right. the Undertaker's mom. He did not marry no. her. <laughs> they're not there's no no marriage involved between their parents. Nope. It's nothing. They're not stepbrothers. Nope. They're half brothers. So whatever, dude. Drove me crazy. We know I'm a stickler. Uh, next week on this episode, he's going to talk about the Calvary again coming down. He does. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, idiot Cole says they're stepbrothers, but they're half brothers. Anyway, uh, Punk keeps eyeing the urn at ringside during this match. He hits Kane with a chair, then mocks Taker doing the throat slash and taunts for the G to go to sleep. But then Taker's gong is going to hit actually to distract him. He he plays scared heel, distracted heel, and he turns around into a choke slam and Kane pins him clean in the middle of the ring. So. Um, big win for Kane there as, you know, his dad just passed away. So the lights go out and Taker makes his entrance out there and uh, does the Shakespeare pose. And Kane does the same pose in the ring. And we get that memory in memory of, you know, Paul Bear up there on the Titan Tron and just really touching moment. Of the bros of destruction, you know, kneeling in honor of the, you know, of Paul Bear, a man who mentored them and was Kane's dad. And then immediately dude, punk attacks Kane with the urn from behind, just getting all that heel heat back. And, uh, Taker makes it down there. Punk scurries away. He's hugging the urn, so he's now got the urn in his possession. And on the stage, he he mocks the Shakespeare pose and holding the urn, and then Taker does the throat slash and then just kicks the bottom rope in frustration. So really cool moment, and then you take it away by getting getting that massive heat on Punk there, having him attack Kane. I really dug that from wrestling. Like That's, that's Memphis heat right there, dude. Yes. Yeah, man. Very old-school stuff. Uh, I kind of can't believe Vince was letting this stuff happen in 2013 because right. it's so right. old school. <laughs> yeah. I dug it, man. I did too. So, yeah, this stuff is is intense, uh, but it is yeah. entertaining and memorable, and it, it, does, uh, it, it does captivate you, no doubt about it here. As we get to March 18th, the next week, uh, 2013, uh, we see – recap of last week's stuff and we find out undertaker is going to be here tonight to respond to things so he comes down to the ring you can tell he is not in a good mood he tells cm punk that punk last week you sealed your own fate when you decided to make this personal there's no escaping what's going to happen to you at wrestlemania i'm going to hurt you and I'm going to hurt you bad. 
You have one chance to save your own soul. I want that urn back. And he slams the mic down and he starts to walk away. And then we hear this terrible Paul Bear impression coming over the speakers. <laughs> and it's actually CM Punk on the screen and he's holding the urn up and he's using it like a puppet, using the yeah. lid of it to talk. Um, very disrespectful here. And I love, this is my favorite thing Punk does in this whole build is he starts um, using the urn like a hacky sack, man. He's like yeah. popping it off his elbows and off his legs and sliding it down his arms the whole time he talks, just tossing it back and forth, just more and more disrespectful uh, the further he goes on. Uh, just such a nice, subtle, perfect, added jerk move from him. Yeah. Punk says that he has a message from Paul Bearer that he's hearing from the urn. That if Undertaker gets counted out or disqualified at WrestleMania, that's still a loss. He will still become 20-1. and one. And Punk says that WrestleMania Undertaker might be the best in the world. But Punk is the best in the world 365 days a year. And Punk keeps tossing Ooh. that urn around. Yep. Sliding it between his legs and says the Undertaker answers to a higher power, but Punk doesn't. He is a higher power. He is the one man in the world who can shoulder the burden of snapping the streak. He can handle the pain the Undertaker wants to inflict. He will beat the streak. He will be the one in 20 and 1. And Punk finally, after three minutes of talking and just making you nervous every time he throws the urn, he finally does just drop it on the ground. And he actually uses the S word. He actually drops an S bomb on, on TV, which does not get bleeped out. I am the one that is going to end your undefeated streak at WrestleMania. Hell, I am the one in 20 and 1. Uh, as he drops it there. Nope. And then he says, no disrespect intended to the Undertaker, as the Undertaker is just seething in anger in the ring. So pretty shocking uh, that Punk slipped that in there. You know, he did a pile driver a few weeks ago, uh, dropped an S-bomb on TV. He just doesn't care. He doesn't care. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's like, got that big contract, got that tour bus, got my cult of personality song, got my world title. I'm good. Yep. <laughs> Almost got the ice cream bars. <laughs> no, he's good. Yeah, so that takes us to next week, Raw, March 25th, 2013. Punk and Heyman come out to open the show, and Heyman's holding the urn above his head like he's Paul Bear, you know. And he actually, uh, they make it to the ring, and Heyman actually, Punk's like egging him on to throw it to him. He, he throws it like halfway across the ring, and Punk catches it and does a Heisman pose, which is, is fantastic. <laughs> like he's, he's playing a great heel here. So disrespectful. But, um, it's great. Oh, yeah, completely. It's tremendous, though. I love it, man. And, you know, He says that uh, – oh, excuse me. He places it in the middle of the ring, the urn. He says that Taker Streak will um, – they say Taker Streak will never be beaten. They say that the urn feeds Taker's power, and they have lots of opinions and say stupid things. He says, who are they? I don't think that they know what they are talking about. He says, the only opinion that matters is mine. He says, last year you went 20-0. and 0. <clears throat> He said, it should have ended there with the Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, and Triple H holding hands and skipping off into the sunset because that is a perfect ending. But you went and ruined it all. He says, you walked out of my show, pointed at a sign because 
And because of your actions, your storybook career at WrestleMania is going to be rewritten by a man who's not afraid of the dark, not faced by your undefeated streak, and a man who happens to be the best in the world. And Heyman just clapping in the back, like loving everything he's doing. And, you know, that little that line about them skipping off in the sunset, like he really doesn't like Triple H and Shawn Michaels, you know, that's. <laughs> From what we understand, like, you know, ever since, what was that, um, when he first got on the scene and he tagged with him at Survivor Series, I remember him yeah. talking about on on interviews and stuff, like, he did, like he just, and his 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 hate for Triple H is well documented, you know. Um, so, I don't Punk know. Punk was man, not a member kind of, of the clique. No, 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 no. I don't know that, I mean, Taker, obviously, Doug being in the ring with him, maybe he saw what Vince hoped to make him into a superstar or whatever so he because he did well with him in you know 20 2009 and 2010 and stuff but anyway uh and, and does a great job with him here but anyway he says that um <clears throat> he says that uh uh he, he blames taker for for all of this because it's your fault he says you know you didn't take i didn't take the urn to disrespect paul bear but because of what it means to you he says it means everything to you but it doesn't mean a daggum thing to me and he drops it in the middle of the ring here actually slams it down in my and uh and he says that you know you don't have anything that i want he says but you earn the streak and and i'm simply gonna break it and for the first time in his life he's at a psychological disadvantage and he is scared he should have stayed gone him coming back against any other man would have been great he would have been 21 and 0 without a doubt he could have gone 30 and 0. Hell, he could have gone 50 and 0. But I am not just any other man. I am not just any other superstar. I am CM Punk, and there is nobody in the world that is better than me. There is nobody in the world that is smarter than me. And there is nobody in the world who will beat me at WrestleMania. I and the one in 20 and one which we're going to hear that over and over again so yep and basically he's he's waiting for the lights to go out and for the chill to fill the arena and he's waiting for taker to say rest in peace and he says rest is something i've never been afforded and peace is something i've never lived with at wrestlemania at wrestlemania your streak will rest in peace and then he kneels in the ring at this point we hear the gong, the lights go out. When they come back on, Taker is actually in the ring, just cock-locking, unloading on Punk here, just blowing him up, dropping these bombs on him. And he, he Punk actually winds up dropping the urn, and it rolls out of the ring, and Heyman grabs it, and he just speed waddles up the ramp, dude. He does. To the back. And Punk winds up bailing on this beat down he's getting from Taker, makes his way up the stage and smiles as he's at the top of the aisle, and... Heyman comes back out, gas to the gills, and he gives Punk to earn. And Punk and Taker stare off at each other, and Taker's angry, does a throat slash, and he's kind of pacing in the ring like a caged tiger, you know, just waiting to get his hands on this little pipsqueak, just driving him crazy. So I uh, I dug all this, man. I think it's great. And uh, it's, I don't know, man. Punk's a great heel. Like, he's Punk's a fantastic on fire. Heel. He's got a chip on his he shoulder. Is. He's got something yeah. to prove. He's upset about not being in the main event, not having the world title anymore, and he wants to prove himself. He wants to prove and, that he deserves that. And let's think about WrestleMania in general, or Starcade for WCW. 
typically you have your biggest baby face who's the champion or not the champion or your biggest versus the biggest heel. That's the culmination of the year's worth of storyline. You know, back in the day, it was only a couple pay-per-views a year. Then it was four or five. Then it obviously moved to 12. Then it moved to like 17. But still, at WrestleMania usually wound up being your top baby face versus your top heel. Now, of course, you get the brand split, WWE folds. It kind of goes back and forth a little bit. But generally speaking, at least one of your two title matches is going to be the biggest face versus the biggest heel. Or then you got this taker streak, you know, that kind of twists it, you know, and, and main events a couple times. But still, who's the biggest heel in the WWE? It's CM Punk. Yep. It's not John Cena. It's not The Rock. It's not anybody else under those lights when they're in that ring. It's CM Punk. He's the biggest heel. And so that's why I know me personally thought he should have been in the main event. Like this, you should have the biggest heel versus the biggest face. You put him in rock or him and Cena in the main event. That's what in my opinion thought should be. I mean, again, I'm not a business person either. Vince knows business way better than I ever will. So I get it, but I just, yeah. And I mean, I'm sure rock and Cena made a ton of money having them fight a second time, but I know as a fan, my personal fan view was I didn't care to see Rock and Cena again. Nope. Was it? It was nope. very cool to see them Love for the first guys. time. Yeah, yeah, it was. It felt awesome that it was going to be once in a lifetime. As soon as it's twice in a lifetime, it's just like mm-hmm. false advertising. You already made me put my sixty dollars down yeah. on a lie, and you just made me upset that you're running <laughs> yeah. it back again. And I just it wasn't like an awesome match. It was it mm. was cool. That it happened, but it was not like this thing that we're dying to see a rematch of either. Right. Um, much rather would have seen like CM Punk in a three-way or, or CM Punk versus Rock or CM Punk versus mm-hmm. Cena. Something so much better than that. So it is frustrating, yeah. but like I said, yeah. Punk again, does take, kill it here. Yeah, not taking anything away from Taker's streak. I mean, that's the next best thing or sometimes the best thing yeah. you're going to get. I mean, in this case, in my opinion, this was the best thing on the freaking show. So yeah. we'll get to that in a second. But, yeah, I'm just saying, like, go back to old school WWE. Go back to anything, any pr- promotion, Memphis, whatever, you know, NWA, all the – it's the top heel versus the top face at your biggest show of the year, typically. Wow, I just don't understand why that wasn't it this year. And that's what's going to lead to next year, you know, at WrestleMania 30, you know, and, and what goes on with there. So, but anyway – well, all that being said, it does lead us here to the Go Home Show on April 1st, 2013, where uh, the big segment for tonight is The Undertaker is going to eviscerate CM Punk. Mm. That's what the graphic says. That's what's on the show rundown. I don't know how they uh, how they knew that's what was going to happen. Uh, I don't only, know. Yeah. It's only going to be a verbal evisceration, though, uh, not a literal one. That's like- <laughs> Thank God quarter him and gut him or something. I wasn't sure what he was going to do. <laughs> he deserved it, man. Uh, yeah. Um, insufferable fool Matt Stryker talks to CM Punk backstage and asks him if he feels he's disrespecting Paul Bearer. And Punk laughs about that and says, a better question is if I give a damn about Paul Bearer. See, what I'm trying to do is getting the Undertaker's head. Because I'm trying to win. And the only legacy or memory or career I care about is my own. And I'm fixing to do something that nobody else has been able to do at WrestleMania, and that's beat The Undertaker's streak. And Undertaker right now is more concerned with Paul Bearer's streak of waking up every single morning and the fact that that's now over. (laughs) My goodness, man. That's like a Jerry Lawler line right there. Yeah, that's awful. (laughs) 
That's awful. What a lie. Yakaroni with cheese, dude. Oh, yeah. Extra. <laughs> Punk says, Shoot. again, he's planting this seed, which they did. They really only kind of played into in the match. I thought it was going to be a bigger part of the match. But he says, again, if Taker gets disqualified, I will win. If he gets counted out, I will win. If he taps out, I will win. I will walk on graves. I will spin on faces. I will do whatever it takes to win. And I promise you, at the end of this year's WrestleMania, anytime somebody thinks about WrestleMania, they will think about CM Punk. And then Punk kisses the urn and walks away. And I just want to say, we, we talked about CM Punk and Undertaker's feud in 2009 on this show. And, you know, we put over CM Punk, but I said during those episodes... I was honestly kind of bored with CM Punk and some of his promos back then. It just sure. felt like they dragged, and he wasn't mm-hmm. quite um, wasn't quite achieving his full potential. He wasn't at the level he's been. Goodness gracious, you can tell how much he's grown over the past yeah. four years. How much more confidence oh, yeah. he has. How he was good back then, but he is great right here. Yes in the ring and on promos. I was not bored. I, I would not say that during any of these promos. No. They're fantastic. He's so good, man. He and he knows just what to say to just God just tick you off, man. <laughs> just get right. under your skin. Right. Uh, well Taker's gonna try to get under Punk's skin as he eviscerates him uh, in the main <laughs> event segment. <laughs> and uh you put in your notes, man. This is a huge deal because this is the final segment on the final Raw before WrestleMania. It's not yeah. the world title with Rock and Cena. It's not Triple H and Brock Lesnar. It's Undertaker and CM Punk. Yeah, it's huge, man. And again, we can't emphasize how big a, the Taker match has become at WrestleMania. I mean, it really is an attraction. It really. And I know that Punk has gone on record saying, you know, yeah, he got the Taker match. It, great but like he won the main event you know and i get it but like i think i really do think that vince thought like this is your next best option this may mean more than right. a title match and you know what it is like it's funny it's a self-fulfilling prophecy you just mentioned that punk said that every time somebody thinks about wrestlemania they'll think CM punk every time i think about this wrestlemania all i think about is this match that's it this is the match this is a one match show for me it is phenomenal so good I think a lot of people would agree with you there, Travis. As uh, Taker gets on the mic, it says Punk's historic title reign lasts over 400 days, but the pain waiting on him at WrestleMania will last for an eternity. Taker says Punk made this personal, and for that he will suffer. He says defeating Punk at WrestleMania is no longer good enough, and the disrespect he showed to Paul Bearer will cause him to pay the ultimate price. Taker says Punk may be right. In his current state of mind, the streak may come to an end on Sunday, but Punk will never live to talk about it. But then we hear that old familiar Latin chanting interrupt The Undertaker. And The Undertaker looks confused by it. He did not orchestrate this here. As we see some druids coming out, they're carrying torches, making their way down the aisle. And then we hear another poorly done... Actually, this is the actual Paul Bear. We, we actually hear a voice uh, voice clip of Paul yeah. Bear doing the, oh, yes. But Paul Bear does not come out on stage. That would be wild. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's Paul Heyman in cosplay as Paul Bear. 
So white good. face paint, fake mustache, hair slicked back. Man, he's got a fat suit on underneath, uh, and he's holding the urn up. Paul Heyman looks like he's loving it, man. It's the like oh, most yeah. fun he's had in years. Yeah. Uh, and Undertaker starts storming up the ramp in frustration. But he gets halfway up the ramp, and he starts looking at these druids, and Undertaker realizes he's just been tricked. He realizes this is a plot. So he starts attacking the druids, but he doesn't pick the right one. He starts beating up on one, but another one attacks him, and this one takes the hood off, and it's CM Punk underneath this hood. And he grabs the urn. He starts slamming it into Undertaker's chest. Undertaker grabs for the urn, but Punk just slams it on his back repeatedly. And I was shocked here, dude, because the crowd is chanting, not for Undertaker, not for Paul Bear, they are chanting very loudly, CM Punk, CM Punk, mm-hmm. as he is disrespecting the recently deceased Paul Bear and the Undertaker, <laughs> and somehow the crowd is on his side. You mentioned earlier, dude, he's a cult following. He really is like a cult leader, man. He's, I drank the Kool-Aid, too. I loved it. I love this guy. It was fantastic. Um, I, was, I wouldn't have chanted. I would have been... I'm gonna try to say this again. I don't let that stuff take over me when I'm at the show, though. Like I, I you and I are both good about playing into who's the heel, who's babyface, and going along with what they want us to go along with when it comes to when we're at shows. So I definitely would have been chanting for Punk here, and I wouldn't have done that. But um, yeah, they're chanting for Punk, and we're gonna see that more at WrestleMania too. So, well, I th- I do think too, Taker was in this phase where for a few years, a lot of the hardcore fans were tired of him and they were sure. kind of ready for him to go away ready for him to stop taking up tv time ready to, mm-hmm. for him to stop taking up a wrestlemania spot and i think now and in, in later years we all started just respecting him again sure. and just like putting him in that legendary status where it's like he can do whatever he wants um mm-hmm. And it's actually awesome that he's coming back for WrestleMania. Right. Like, this was like a weird few years where it was just, we mm-hmm. kind of rolled our eyes at him coming. Um, I know I felt that way, and, and I think a lot of the fans did, uh, other fans mm-hmm. did too, in a lot of ways. Yeah, go ahead and tell us the uh, heinosity we're about to witness. <laughs> well, here's how it ends, dude. Uh, Punk takes off uh, his hoodie, takes off the robe, and uh, that we do hear some of the crowd start chanting for Undertaker, even though there's still a large per- portion chanting for Punk. And Then Punk unscrews the lid of the urn. Uh, there's no flashlight in it this time. There's, <laughs> there's no green smoke. Uh, it's actually ashes in there. And Punk pours out the ashes of the urn onto his hand. He tosses them into onto Undertaker. He rubs some of the ashes on his chest and then takes the knee in that Undertaker pose and holds up the urn defiantly as the show goes off the air. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I for sure thought that was crossing the line back in 2013. Still think it's probably a little too far watching it back in 2020 it's definitely old school and you know they don't straight up say he's rubbing paul bearer's ashes on right. himself uh but it's that, implied it is implied and i was like that's a that's a bit too much for me i don't know how do you feel well i remember it being a lot kind of shocking me that it was actually happening in this pg era you don't see a lot of stuff that crosses the line that much now they were kind of pushing the line a little bit with their verbiage between rock and and cena and stuff like that but uh 
I didn't, I didn't um, dislike it because I knew in my head, even back then, if this is too much, Taker will he won't let it happen. I I know Vince is the boss, but Taker's got a lot of pull when it comes to his stuff, especially the stuff that's sentimental to him, like Paul Bear. I I just I don't know. I had this feeling back then, like man, if Taker didn't want this to happen, it wouldn't happen. Like, but he's gonna go along with it. But like, yeah, he would have put the kibosh on this. I, so I felt like comfortable knowing that he was cool with it. Punk was cool with it, obviously. I mean, and I, it's it's just a great segment to get heat going into the pay per view too. Like, if you want to lump heat on your biggest heel, this is it, dude. Like, this is oh it. yeah, no question. Yeah, crazy, crazy man. Well. Yeah, the the last segment of the last Raw is that. You know, it's really, really awesome. So uh, getting the boost there, the, the the main event boost there. So, yeah, that's going to bring us to WrestleMania 29. So April 7th, 2013. So kind of later in April. We usually have them a little bit earlier than that or the last week of March. But April 7th, 2013 from MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey, slash New York, depending on what you want you to, <laughs> to know <laughs> or learn. But this is the last mania before the network era begins, so it's got that unique uh, flavor yeah. about it. And um, this one's special to me because uh, my wife actually – so my birthday wouldn't have been for another 16 days. But my wife surprised me and told me that she was going to pay for it for me for my birthday because she knew how big of a, uh, a mark, I guess, for lack of a better term, how, how much of a CM Punk fan I was and – I really wanted to see that. I mean, a lot of guys I love were on that show. I mean, Jericho and Triple H, Lesnar was wrestling at WrestleMania for the first time in, what, 10 years? Uh, no, first time, nine First years. WrestleMania, yeah. First WrestleMania, yeah, in first WrestleMania, long. nine yeah. years. So that was that was big, you know, and, and Rock and Cena it is what it, it was what it was. But she knew I'm a big CM Punk fan and was really looking forward to him and Taker this year. So um, my oldest son watched this with me. He has actually was wearing his CM Punk Best in the World onesie that you got him. So <laughs> I got you the ice cream bar shirt and you got my oldest son, Carson, who would have been, golly, he would have only been six months old at this point. Um so, yeah, yeah that's right, man. That. It's first WrestleMania. Yeah, first WrestleMania. And he'll be eight in a couple of weeks here. So, actually, no, he'll be eight as of this podcast dropping. He will be eight already. Yeah. So, um, it's crazy to think about. But, yeah, uh, one of my kids that was in our youth group uh, at the time, my wife was a youth pastor uh, before this, but he, he found out I was watching it and he called to see if he could watch it with me and wore his uh, John Cena replica spinner belt over there and held it big scene of fan dude and yes. but um I, I remember this this is an infamous wrestlemania for me so i uh, hadn't ordered one in since i lived in nashville ordered my first one here from direct tv got a lot of crap got a lot of stream cutting in cutting out glitching i remember calling you and telling you that too while you because you guys are watching i was like hey man don't text me don't tell like i just i don't want to you know not out of respect for not spoiling anything you know, i didn't want to know what was going on and so long story short uh, an angry Mrs. White gets on the phone with AT&T DirecTV, and we wound up getting a, I think, for free or like a third of the price, and I got to watch it as many times as I want to for the next month. So it wound up being pretty cool. So this is the match it cut out on the most oh. like, right before this match started. So I, I was ticked. I mean, we wound up staying up till like 1.30 in the morning to, <laughs> to finish the show, man. It was crazy. Yeah. So great stuff, though. I really dug it. But, yeah, super take the right for this match it, it is when it kept cutting out the most. But, anyway, you have well, some I memories think, of watching it, too. I think if you're a wrestling fan and back in the pay-per-view era, especially if you had DirecTV, we've all probably got stories 
at least one story like that in our time. Yeah. <laughs> Having to deal with them on the phone during a wrestling pay-per-view. So frustrating, especially when it's WrestleMania, though. Um, weird WrestleMania, man. We'll get to the, the match here, but uh, this is, I think, like you mentioned earlier, this is certainly the most memorable part of this WrestleMania don't think people really look fondly on this WrestleMania overall, uh, but the debut of Fandango, yes, <laughs> the sir, debut man. of Big E, his first Wrestle, first WWE match and his first WrestleMania match take place here. Same for him and Fandango. First WrestleMania matches for The Shield. Uh, Jack Swagger coming back for a world title shot out of nowhere uh, and then blows his opportunity by getting a DUI a couple days before WrestleMania. He blows it by blowing a, yeah, a <laughs> breathalyzer. Yes, he does. <laughs> uh, and probably the best Hall of Fame class of all time. It's small, but it's... It's up Bob, there. Bruno San Martino, Bob Backlund, Mick Foley, Booker T, and Trish Stratus. Like, Shoot. You could probably have Shoot. any one of those people headline a Hall of Fame class, and they're all Shoot. in there together. That was great. Yeah. And also, our future president was inducted in the Hall of Fame. Dang. <laughs> yeah, that was year. big. Not The Rock. They didn't do a but, tag uh, team that year? <laughs> didn't do a tag they, team? They didn't do a tag team, like the inducted tag team that year? No, that That's was it. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow, that is star-studded, man. That's nuts. So, yeah. uh we do have a new tag team in the booth, though. This is our first WrestleMania with Michael Cole, Jerry Lawler, and JBL in the booth tonight. Uh, believe JBL started coming in the booth full time after Jerry Lawler had a heart attack uh, on Monday Night Raw live on TV the Ooh, year before I this. That. Me too, man. One of the scariest moments. I was scared. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but thankfully, the King is back, and he's back at WrestleMania here this year. He is, man. And uh, so this match is going to go on third from the top. However, it's supposed to go on fourth from the top. <laughs> so there's this match, and then we're going to get Lesnar, Triple H, and then Rock and Cena. So as you put in your notes so eloquently, part-time mania is running wild, brother. <laughs> oh, yeah. Four out of these six yeah. guys. Yeah, exactly. Part-timers, you know. So crazy how that go- and that may be a little bit of the backlash towards some of this stuff you know the oh, fans yeah. want to see their guys that are there day in day out you know uh, going in but anyway after this after taker and punk was supposed to be the road scholars and the bella twins versus uh brodus tensai and the funkodactyls so that would have been wow uh, Wrestle- wrestlemania <laughs> uh, i guess um debuts for the funkodactyls and Brodus, and uh, and, uh, uh the Bellas might have been in Damien. Like a... Was well, who's Rhodes Scholar? Uh, Damien, yeah, Damien Sandow, Damien Sandow Cody probably Rhodes. too. Yeah, but uh, that ma- this match we're going to discuss goes heavy, which goes a little long, and uh, that match gets cut at the last second. It's documented on Total Divas, but it wasn't scripted, like it le- legitimately was scrapped. Vince made the call and said, Sorry, guys, you, you, you can't go. Like, and uh, they got to have that match the next night on Raw. and is what it is, but um, sucks. Yeah. that would kind of suck, man. But, you know, what are you going to do, bro? Take her and maybe that's the reason they shouldn't do crap like P. Diddy singing and do all these, like, <laughs> vignettes and stuff. Like, like just, let's yeah, get absolutely. To, it's WrestleMania. Like, let's get the wrestling. And so. it's, you don't have that anymore with the network either. No. Because WrestleMania no, no. can go for seven hours and... It's, two nights now. <laughs> they can go for two nights. But back then you had the pay-per-view window. So it's mm-hmm. like we got to be off the air at a certain time. So, yeah, yep. uh, it sucks. But also 
what worth it about the pay-per-view for that this, match yeah you're right <laughs> and, but worth it because this match got a little more time so and one thing you talk about p diddy performing yeah whatever who cares there is a fantastic music performance that i would not mm. get rid of right here no. as we get into this match living color is going to perform sam punk's entrance live here and god dude it's so dude. good it's phenomenal it is it is insane how great they are man they sound just like they did in like 91 or whatever yeah. it was like it's crazy man and i just it gives anytime you get your music played live at wrestlemania it's a big deal and it's usually reserved for big di- it, i'm sorry but like the road scholars aren't getting the music played you know what i'm saying it's <laughs> It's Triple H. It's DX. Whoa. It's it's Soul Undertaker. Exactly. It's guys like that. Yeah, Jim Johnson out there doing you know smoking mirrors. <laughs> Funk like, is on a roll. <laughs> that would have been good. That would have been good with been that. Been Live been performance. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was saying seriously, you, it's it's the superstars. It's the guys that are marquee names. Uh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I was thinking about the uh, camp that we led, like pretty soon after Brodus debuted, and that we like oh, played that song. Somebody come on, mama. <laughs> yeah, like every time kids were coming into. Oh yeah, like, they loved that. Song. Well, we did too, dude. We, we got couldn't get enough over of it, with the youth of America, and they had no idea what it was from. Yeah, that and woo woo woo, you know, for it. we got it over. Like it was crazy. <laughs> but yeah, man, they they killed this song, and you could like watch him punk. He's loving it, too, when he comes out here for his entrance, man. Loving having these guys play him out. He was, dude. He is – he's having the time of his life at this WrestleMania, dude. Like, <laughs> I know he says he's straight edge and drug-free, but he looks like he snorted a line of cocaine before this <laughs> night. He's just lit up, man. He's on yeah. some sort of natural high throughout his entrance, throughout the whole match. Like, he's just I- – on fire, man. He's he, he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's got something he to does. prove. He's going to have the it. match of the night and the match of his career right here. I think that's it. He's like, I'm about to show all you blankety-blanks backstage why I'm the best in the world. Like, let's go. Like Me and me and Taker and uh, got my band playing my song out and got Paul Heyman in tow. And, you know, it's funny, too, because – a lot of people get really cool gear for Manny or have a really big entrance, and he has this great song. And his gear, man, he's got this gray and purple, like Undertaker throwback, like like themed gear on. It's awesome, but he's rocking a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu hoodie. Like he looks kind of like honestly, Vince is that he didn't look like a superstar. He was saying it looks like some scrub off the off the street. But like you know, he's just like that's what he did. It. I'm that wearing this BJJ yep. like hat or this hoodie out there. Like for whatever you say, I don't care. But um, I just think that's cool, man. He just he just doesn't care. But his tights, man, how cool were they? Yeah, Punk always did a good job of that. Just subtle too. Like I don't think the yeah. announcers ever even talk about nope. it. But if you're watching it and you're a fan, you know what he's doing there, and that's that's awesome. So. Undertaker also gets a really cool entrance here, pretty memorable, uh, as he sort of steps out from under the stage, and man, you wrote it perfectly. It's like the Thriller music video, man. We see like just some hands like crawling out from the depths of hell, like trying to pull at Undertaker and grab at him and touch him, Mm -hmm. just shadows and silhouettes of these hands. It's kind of hard to describe, but it's an awesome sight to see, and you, you often see it. 
in Undertaker video packages, yeah, and WWE packages. Just a great, really cool visual here. As he comes out, uh, he's going sleeveless tonight uh, with the hood over his head, and we see flames shooting out of the Brooklyn Bridge styled stage, yeah. all sorts of smoke and et cetera for his entrance. And CM Punk's taking it all in, and he's ready to go, dude. Oh yeah, he is. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here. When Taker comes out, his like you know his gra- his name graphic that pops up, it says the Undertaker, but it's got it's purple and black. Is this the first time we've seen that on a on a pay per view? It's the first time at WrestleMania, definitely. At WrestleMania? I think, I think they, they did it on SmackDown some. Um, yeah. When it would come well, out. I don't but, remember yeah. it on the pay-per-view that we've covered yet. So it's really cool, and they're going to continue to do that yeah, they know, still for a do while. It. But, they yeah, do it for a really, lot of guys really, now, but he was like yeah. the first one they really did it for. Yeah. Again, just like we said back in episode one, two, three, four, five, like just the production that goes into this guy's life. <laughs> you know, his character is so awesome. But, yeah, man, like you said, Punk is on fire. He's just... He's crisscross applesauce sitting there in the ring, waiting for Taker to get in there. And um, it's funny too. Like so, Punk and Heyman are kind of talking strategy in the ring. And then Taker makes it down to the steps, and he gets on the steps, and he raises the lights. And as he does, not only do the lights come up, fireworks shoot off the top of MetLife Stadium. So he's uh, got his powers on roids now. So <laughs> 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 That's it. Blowing fireworks out. But Punk is bouncing. He's got to roll to the outside now. He's bouncing around like he's brought less or something. But he's mm-hmm. going, you mad? You mad? Are you mad? Which I just, it's awesome, man. I mean, you know he's playing the character there. But it's it's just really, really cool, man. I just really dug it. He's not showing that he's scared no. or intimidated. His, his mission tonight is to get Undertaker to take a loss, no matter what the cost is. Just pinfall, count out, submission, DQ, doesn't care. Get him mad. Get him angry. I'm going to win tonight. And he's legit hyped for this moment. Like, yeah. CM Punk may act like he's too cool for school, but he's a wrestling fan. He's been he's a wrestling a fan forever. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a picture yeah. of him as a kid with a pink mohawk with Stone Cold Steve Austin Stone Cold. as a teenager, exactly. man. He yeah. knows how amazing it is to be wrestling The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Yes. And he is legitimately like a six-year-old boy inside, mm-hmm. excited about that thought. You know he is. Um, oh, yeah. Undertaker, he's also got some really cool tights here. Uh, we, yeah. we talk about this too. We, like it's another, it's subtle. Like he does change his tights up, uh, even though if you don't mm-hmm. always notice it. But he's got a gold XT symbol on one side, and he's got a gold urn on the other side, yeah. in tribute to Paul Bear. So that's a new thing, something he hasn't done before, um, and it's really a cool touch that he adds on here. As a uh, man, the crowd, it's uh, they're definitely split. This night, man, maybe maybe not even 50-50, I don't know, but there's some dueling Undertaker, CM Punk chants. Yeah, this crowd, man, like, they are fantastic for this match. It's, oh, they're in it. They're all yeah. in. Yeah, they're yeah, yeah. all in, man. And, uh, yeah, there's, like you said, there may be, it may be 55-45 in, in, in favor of Punk at this point, but the bell rings and Punk and Taker just come in hot, man. Punk is circling him, moving quick. Taker goes for a punch, and Punk just slaps him in the face. And, ooh, that's not good, man. He bails, and Taker goes out after him. Punk slides back in the ring, and as Taker slides back in again, and Punk's just immediately on him. Very intense, very, um, I know uh, uh, AJ Styles says Pitbull. Like, like that's what uh, Vince McMahon wanted him to be like when he came to WWE. <laughs> right. Punk is almost doing that. Like He's just a Pitbull on top of taker here he's we did not see this same guy do this in 2009 and 10 he was not this aggressive he didn't have the uh 
equity built up in his character no. yet. The, the Vince didn't have it. Uh, Taker probably didn't have it yet. He's got it now. He can go on the offensive and be uh, believable. He is very believable here. He's he's yelling at Undertaker to come on, and uh, I, he um, is kicking him in the head, trying to taunt him and tease him. And commentary sort of brings up what Punk was talking about in some of his promos, saying Punk will take a DQ here. Mm-hmm. He's not above that. He, he'll get Undertaker frustrated, and he'll put that blemish on his record. Uh, DQ still counts as a loss here. As uh, Undertaker does come on, he tosses Punk outside of the ring. He goes after him. He throws Punk over the barricade, bounces Punk's head off the announce table, starts uh, preparing the announce table for deletion, takes the <laughs> monitors out of the area. Uh, well, Paul Heyman is screaming. He's trying to distract the referee as Undertaker rams Punk hit back first into the ring post. Yeah, and he's going to roll Punk into the ring, hit some apron offense, and then uh, it's, again, they're not playing this storyline up. Uh, they're not shoving it down your throat. But... Even Mike Chioda is in on it right here. He's warning Taker, you know, I'll DQ you. You got to get in. You can't keep punching him like he's under the ropes. Like, it's kind of cool. It's it's like if you've been paying attention to the story, you see that's the storyline here. But again, it wasn't. They weren't shoving it down your throat here. But a uh, huge dueling chance, apron leg drop from Taker, and he gets in the ring as Punk kind of crawls over to the corner to get himself up. And Michael Cole says something that we've mentioned a long time ago on this podcast. He says, you know, Paul Heyman has had a long history the undertaker and we'll see more of that next year uh at wrestlemania and we saw it a long time ago um jbl has a nice comment here too he says you know i've had a long history with taker as well and that's the reason i'm sitting here in this commentary booth and not wrestling anymore you know which i thought was pretty pretty cool so yeah paul Heyman, low-key the undertaker's greatest rival man yeah (laughs) longest term rival yeah Yeah. and we'll continue to talk about next week here but it's cool this match in a way, sets up the match next year mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of different ways. But um, we get some classic ref intimidation on Mike Kyoto as Taker scares him out of the way and uh, works the arm, goes up top for old school, but Punk yanks him down to the mat. Uh, Punk hits a low drop kick and some stomps on Taker. And then CM Punk does something. Uh, he's not the first person to ever do it, but it's pretty rare. He yeah. actually connects with his own version of old school on Undertaker to get some major heat. Uh, hits a side Russian leg sweep and then gets a two count off of that as the crowd is just loving CM Punk here, chanting for him. Uh, and Paul Hammond on the outside screams at him after that two count, you got two, you just need one more. All yeah. you need is one more. He's getting involved in things. He's great, man. He he really adds on the outside here. And he's coaching Punk up the whole time. So Punk then locks in a hammer lock on Taker, and he's like, where's Paul Bear now? Where's Paul Bear now? So he's just he's trying to egg Taker on so he gets ticked. That's why he's slapping him in the face. He's mocking him. He's stealing his moves. He's trying to get in Taker's head so that he just loses his cool and gets DQ'd here. You know, I just love the subtlety of that. Um, Taker backs him in the corner, starts throwing hands at him, launches Punk to the other turnbuckle, runs at him, but Punk's going to move, and Taker's going to hit his knee on top turnbuckle. It's like we used to see that big boot, and he kind of crotch himself, but he just hits his knee on top turnbuckle here. So uh, Punk's going to drop kick him and knock Taker to the outside here. Then he's going to hit a great move, which I love seeing this. Oh, yeah, man. Punk's favorite wrestler is the Macho Man. Mm-hmm. He heads up top rope and hits a Macho Man-style double axe handle to Undertaker yeah. on the outside. And Punk takes over, gets Undertaker back in the ring, hits a neck breaker for a two-count. 
Uh, Rent continues reaching the arm, hits a few shoulder blocks. Uh, Undertaker fights out. He hits some right hands, but Punk reverses into another neck breaker for a two count. Heyman's continuing to coach him on the on the outside, telling him just seconds away from breaking the streak. As uh, Punk locks in a chin lock, Taker gets back up to his feet, and then Undertaker hits something I don't remember. <laughs> I don't recall him ever doing too much. Undertaker hits a snap suplex on yeah. CM Punk, dude. Where did that come from? Like Chris Benoit style, man. Like a crisp <laughs> Benoit or Angle like like snap suplex. What it was great, was man. If he's done that, it's been a long time since he's yeah. done that. You know, I mean, he's done vertical suplexes and stuff like that. Snap suplex was great, man. But he's in the turnbuckle now, and he gets his uh, Punk gets his foot up as Taker runs at him, and then uh, Punk's gonna go for old school again. And he even yells at this time just to mock Taker. You know, as he's on the top rope, but Taker. Uh, sweeps his leg out from under him, and he crotches him on top. And Punk's going to collapse all the way down the outside. So that's going to lead to what we assume is going to be the old flying cow here. Undertaker teases it. He runs and bounces off the ropes, but Paul Heyman's on the apron, giving him distraction. Undertaker goes to chokeslam him, uh, but Punk comes hopping off the ropes with his signature springboard clothesline off the top rope to break that up. Yeah, it's just a great, great interruption there. And then he hits the running high knee in the corner and a short arm clothesline, and he goes up top and comes off with, like you said, his favorite wrestler, Macho Man, comes off with his elbow drop. You know, he, he adopted that a few years, I guess it was right after Macho Man passed away. You yeah, know, he really yeah. started doing that as one of his signature spots. So he covers for about a two and a half count, and then he gets up and signals for the go to sleep, and Gets Taker up in it, but Taker slips out, and then he turns around into a choke slam, and Taker covers him for two. And uh, Heyman's just beside himself; he's hugging the urn uh, in excitement. He's just like he's on the edge of his seat out there. Undertaker and Punk start slugging things out. Of course, Undertaker is using those soap soup bones to get the best of that. Uh, moves a doom. He starts rolling. Splash to the corner. Snake eyes. He goes for a big boot, but Punk actually counters with a calf kick. Gets a cover for two. Uh, Taker's struggling to get up on the ropes. Uh, the crowd's chanting both these guys' names back and forth. And Punk's going to send Undertaker over the top rope with a clothesline. Uh, Punk, uh, Taker, excuse me, punches Punk, headbutts him. He goes for a last ride through that announce table that he already prepped earlier yep. in the match. But Punk slips his way out of it and kicks Taker into the head as he collapses onto the announce table. And Punk's going to go up top and try to get his WrestleMania moment. Yeah, he kind of eyes that turnbuckle, goes up top there slowly and poses for a flying elbow on the top of the table. And the crowd is just loving what's about to happen. Punk comes flying off, diving elbow drop on the table. And I mean on the table. It does not break. No. Nope. It does not give way. And it looks Oof. like Punk just breaks his hip on that move. It is nasty. <laughs> yes. Dude, it is nasty. But he's able to uh, – I mean, what what a great WrestleMania moment. You know, it's, just, it's fantastic to see. I mean, obviously it would have been more iconic had it – the table split like it was supposed to. And But the point of this move is to get to where we're headed next. He rolls in the ring. Remember, he'll take a count on He doesn't care. The yeah. ref is counting. Uh, Mike Yoda's counting. He gets to nine, and like nine and a half before Taker finally gets up out of the, well, off the table. Well, I say out of the rubble, but off the table and finally rolls into the ring. So, again, 
Punk's doing anything he can to take a win here. He doesn't care. A W is a W. He gets so frustrated as Taker barely slips in there. And Paul Heyman starts yelling at Punk to just do whatever you have to do to win here. (laughs) Uh, Punk's selling that knee from the table. And he he crawls towards Undertaker like he's going to go and pin him or do something. But as he crawls toward Taker, Taker locks in the Hell's Gate. He grabs the arm of Punk. Uh, but Punk flips out of it and sort of flips on top of Undertaker into a pinfall and gets a two count off of that in a nice near fall. And then Punk's able to lock in his old submission move, the Anaconda Vice, on Undertaker. As Paul Heyman starts yelling at him to tap out. Which he won at WrestleMania last year, if I'm not mistaken. With uh, Didn't he beat, in the high beat Jericho? He had him in call. Anaconda Vice and he's like, tap Could out, be. you son of a... And I think that Jericho finally taps out. Okay. But, um, yeah, Heyman's yelling, tap, tap, tap. And JBL's like, can you imagine The Undertaker tapping out to CM Punk? And I just wrote my notes, and you and I know this. If you know your history, you'd know that Punk already has a claim to that. He does claim it's that. It's a little spotty there. It's a little spotty, you know, with the, uh, the whole, you know, screw job or whatever again. But still, you know, he would claim that. <laughs> the so. long screw job, boy. Yeah. Uh, the long screw job, but a uh, really iconic moment here. This is the GIF. It's just you've already put it on our social media. It's fantastic. Uh, he's got Taker in the Anaconda vibes. Taker's shoulders are down. The ref counts, and when Taker kicks out, he sits up with Punk, and they're just eye to eye. And man, it's just what a cool camera shot that is, man. They they nailed it, nailed it. Such a great moment, Punk. With a great facial expression, yeah. just that look of fear screaming in the face of the Undertaker. The Undertaker still got it, man. After 21 oh, years, yeah. he's still putting that fear into people's hearts. It doesn't matter if he's an old man now. So Undertaker gets to his feet. He breaks free of the vice. He goozles Punk. Punk slips out and hits the GTS. But Undertaker does not go down. He lands on his feet, bounces off the ropes, and it scoops up Punk into a tombstone, hits a classic cover, but Punk kicks out of that tombstone, man. Uh, just an awesome sequence Dude. of moves here. The crowd is going nuts. They are on their feet. <laughs> yeah. Paul Heyman is lifting the urn up in celebration like he's got the spirit of Paul Bear in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, just an awesome sequence between these guys. It, that was a fantastic near fall. Really, really yes. was cool. Um because, again, you don't see a lot of guys that aren't named Triple H or, or, or uh, Shawn Michaels kick out of the tombstone, you know? Mm-hmm. So a really cool kick out for Punk there. Uh, gave you a little little glimmer of like, oh, well, maybe he'll win this. Who knows? But um, both the guys are on their knees trading punches. It's it's the yeah, boo spot. But it's not yeah, boo. It's, it's yeah, boo. Yeah, boo. <laughs> yeah, boo. It's like, it's like as each guy punches, half the crowd's yaying and half the crowd's yeah, booing. Sure. It's really unique, you sure. know? Yeah. We typically hear the yes for Taker's punches and the boost for whomever else it is in the ring with him, but this is pretty split. It's really funny, but they start to trade headbutts and punches. They're on their feet now, and uh, Taker, um, excuse me, there's an Irish whip. He gets Irish whipped, and Punk actually kicks Taker right in the chest, and then Taker going to goozle him, and Punk at this point just kind of is desperate. He, again, Heyman told him, do whatever you can. So Punk shoves the referee down, and of course we know referees are made out of like I don't know, a house of cards. So like, they just collapse and like, you know, they get immediate, like, I don't know. Just crumble to dust. Yeah. yeah they just crumble immediate. Um, like, infinity gauntlet. <laughs> so, 
Kyoto's out cold. Uh, Taker's going to go for Heyman, but Punk kicks Undertaker. Punk hits the running knee on Taker, but Taker catches him. He goes for the last ride again, but Heyman hands Punk the urn, and while Punk is up there in Undertaker's grasp, Punk slams the urn down on the Undertaker's head, and Punk does the classic cover, looks like Triple H did a couple years ago. Punk sticks his tongue out. Kyoto crawls over, makes the slow count, but it only gets two. Another awesome near fall here, as Punk it, just cannot yeah. believe what is happening. It was awesome, and the urgency and the timing of him, like when he's up in the last ride and he's reaching for the the urn, he's like, "Give me, give me!" He's just so like, and they had to time it well because if Taker would have taken one more step out, Heyman wouldn't have reached Punk with that toss, you know. So uh, it was a really, really well done spot, you know. I really liked it, and it just uh, that urgency of that. Like you said, he's going to do anything he can to win this match. So, um, but yeah, t- like you said, Taker kicks out and. The crowd is on their feet, man. No one is sitting down there. Punk does the throat slash. Uh, he gets Taker up for the go to sleep, but he elbows out. He gets Punk up for the tombstone, but like before he even locks it in, Punk just keeps spinning around and lands on his feet and gets Taker back up on his shoulders for the go to sleep. Taker's going to counter again and then get Punk up in another tombstone. So they're just... They're going back and forth in this ending sequence, like you mentioned a minute ago with that, that last time we got the near fall. Just really, really cool trade and go to sleep some tombstones, but Taker's going to get the best of it here. Locks in that tombstone, nails it right there in the middle of the ring, and he does his classic cover, folds the arms over, sticks the tongue out, gets the pin, one, two, three, right there in the middle of the ring, 22 minutes and seven seconds as The Undertaker goes to an absolutely incredible, unprecedented 21-0 and 0 at WrestleMania. Undertaker fights out again. This time, Punk counters. Doesn't do it. He's got him up. He's got him up. Undertaker again counters. Back and forth we go. So good. I wrote twenty one and one in my notes on accident. Whoops. Uh-oh. Uh yeah, twenty one and oh. I'm a year ahead, yeah. Incredible match, man, and I just ah, it's it's awesome. And it it's twenty two minutes, but it feels like it's ten to me. Like it was just boom, it went by like that, man. It just because I was so enthralled, I think. Um Taker rolls out. He doesn't uh doesn't give like uh I don't know, I guess we have time to see him go get the urn and uh, we get some replays here. He doesn't immediately do the pose in the middle. So he rolls out, grabs the urn off the steps, 
we see highlights of the near falls and we come back and the urn is sitting there in the middle of the ring and the whole MetLife Stadium is giving Undertaker a standing ovation. And to me, in my opinion, he looked a little emotional in this in this moment. I don't know if he was or wasn't, but it looked like he was a little emotional at this point. Maybe just thinking about Paul Bear or whatnot. Yeah. But yeah. he's able to hit the show, the Shakespeare pose in the middle of the ring. Huge fireworks display goes off at the top of MetLife Stadium. Twenty one and zero lights up, and uh, it's awesome, man. JBL so. <laughs> the crowd was split before this match and during this match, yeah. but they were firmly on the Undertaker's yes. side. You know, everybody yes. lets their inner mark come out and exactly. goes crazy to see the dead man uh, continue the streak going on when this is over with. Man, so that's awesome to see. And yeah, dude, he uh, carries that urn with him out of the ring as we see the big 21 and 0 display uh, on the screen and uh, Undertaker carries that urn up. Uh, we see all sorts of 21 and 0 signs in the crowd. Uh, the crowd came prepared for that as Undertaker oh, yeah. walks to the top of the ramp, and uh, he looks a lot better than he's looked the past couple of years. Man, yeah. he's not like being carted out of the ring. He's not limping up with Triple H. He looks like he dominated there, um, uh, and he's he's not selling as much as he walks to the top of the ramp. But he looks back towards the ring. Then lifts his fist up in the air as the thunder rolls and the lightning strikes. And we get that big 21-0 graphic uh, before we fade to black before the next match begins. Yeah, man. And I just, I personally love this match. I absolutely love it. I loved it back then. It stole the entire show for me. Uh, they've I've heard interviews with both of them. Well, more punk than Taker. Taker doesn't talk too much about punk but if he's asked about him he does but um you know they both said this was you know the match of the night you know and you know if punk's not going to main event at least he got this and taker like you said he looked great here and again this was a wrestling match this wasn't a brutal street fight or a hell in a cell or anything like that and it it was an actual wrestling match we we called a bunch of wrestling moves here Russian leg sweep snap suplexes neck breakers stuff like that you know um that's not in any way to say it's better than the Sean or Triple H match. It's not. It's not at all. But it's different because it's back to just a normal wrestling match. There's right. no history that they're building up in between these two. They're not even mentioning that they feuded in 2009 and, and had a match in 2010, too. Like, they're not mentioning that at all. Um, but it's a wrestling match, and it's strictly about the streak. I'll do what I can to get you to, to break the streak, you know? Um, one of my favorite t- Taker WrestleMania matches the best CM Punk WrestleMania match, in my opinion. Um, I can't name another one that he had that was better than this. It's phenomenal. And uh, I just, if you, if I had to rank WrestleMania matches, just, just WrestleMania, this would be up there for me. I mean, I just absolutely love this match. Uh, really, really yeah. do. So. Yeah, I think it's pretty universally appreciated here. I remember it being great back then, but... Mm-hmm. I'm always interested to go back and watch these. I haven't watched yeah. them in a few years. And, I mean, it was even better than I remembered here. I think Punk made Undertaker look like he was 20 years younger yeah. in the ring. Um, like you said, you know, with Triple H and with Shawn Michaels, those are guys that Undertaker's wrestled a bunch of times and of the yeah. same generation. And, you know, they, it's kind of yes. – it's different. You know, Punk's a younger yeah. guy, so it's – uh, it's really cool that he was able to still gel with him and have that such a good match with somebody uh, of the younger generation uh, who's a little uh, is going to wrestle a different style. And yeah, 
I try to say this not the wrong way. I, I don't want to sound callous or crass, but it's almost like the death of Paul Bearer, like it kind of reinvigorated the purpose of this match. Like I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not saying yeah. I'm glad Paul Bearer died, but no. in a way it gave this match even more importance. Like sure. if Taker had just come back after that end of an era and that emotional match and just, you know, they could have made something out of this feud, but it wouldn't have been the same. Uh, right. But the fact that he was coming back after a perfect ending, but he's got, he's got to fight for Paul Bear's legacy. He's got to pay tribute to him. He's mm-hmm. going to do this in his memory. Now it, it enhances it, man. And, and it allows this feud and this match to be more important than it might've been had that not happened. Um, and it, it gives that, that deeper sense and it ma- makes the match better. Honestly, that there's so much emotion being put out for it. I think. Very well said, man. I can't agree more. That was, that was excellent. Yeah. Excellently put. So, Great stuff. Um, again, this is Punk's final WrestleMania appearance, as he'll be gone after Wrestle after Royal Rumble next year. Um, but you know, I say hats off to Taker for giving Punk a, a a great WrestleMania match to end on. If you're going to end your career again, he didn't know it at the time, but um, go watch it, guys. I can't I can't possibly give it any more uh, uh, herald this match anymore. I, I guess I'm I'm kind of uh, pimping this match out more than we did Sean and Taker's or Sean or Triple H because. Those are obviously like yeah. the four greatest wrestle for the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time. Yeah. This one I feel like gets overlooked sometimes in the history of WrestleMania, probably because Punk is kind of you know he's even me personally nowadays I'm not a biggest fan as I, I used to be just because he's kind of you know, I kind of see who he really is now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, you know it's um, his stars have waned a little bit. You know, but um, I put myself in my 2013 shoes and. Uh, Love this, love this match. It's, it's really, really good. Again, obviously those those last four are above it, but this one's a really, really good, different match, and I definitely recommend it to all of you. And you put in your notes, man. Probably Punk's second best pay per view match besides Money in the Bank. You know, yeah. twenty eleven. So yeah, I'd say. And it is, of course, sadly, the end of the streak itself. Hard to believe we've reached this point in the podcast, Travis, but. Here yeah. it is, man. Twenty-one and zero, and we will cover the match at WrestleMania Thirty. The emotional ending to the streak, the shocking ending to the streak against Brock Lesnar. Actually, in two weeks here on the podcast, and I'll tell you where we're going next week here in just a minute. But first, we want to hear your thoughts and your memories of this WrestleMania 29 match against CM Punk. Did you love it as much as we did? Um, You know where to find us, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Talking Taker. We love hearing your comments. A couple of good ones this week. Um, One is from uh, St. Ridley Santos, who, of course, did all the bonus episodes with us uh, on the show, uh, or the all the bonus episodes? The the bonus episode the where all, we it's uh, all of them <laughs> where wrong. we talked about. Uh, he did uh, all of the bonus episodes. What all of the bonus the episodes. Wrong with me. And the wrong syllable. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of said some of the stuff we said on the show. He said, "I never understood Punk grousing about not main eventing WrestleMania. The guy got a match against Undertaker during the streak, and honestly." Whatever the position on the card, Taker's streak was the main event at that point. So, sums up something that we said here on the show a lot. Uh, Zach L217 said, To make everyone feel old, this match happened in my freshman year of high school. Uh, Great match, though. Wow. The build to it was awesome. (laughs) 
the Paul Bearer aura and use of the urn just made it so much better. Hands down, the best match on the card for this WrestleMania. And then watch along, Tom, and watch along wrestling. Year of high school. Yeah, man. Dude, we were. I was almost twenty-seven. You were twenty-seven. Well, out of college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Watch along, Tommy has a great story in connection with this show and WrestleMania. Uh, he posted some pictures of it that I retweeted. Uh, he said he actually revisited this match uh, and enjoyed it even more than he did back in the day. But he sent me another long message. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna condense it, but hit the highlights for you. But it was in New York City, and he's from New York. And he wanted to make sure he could make the most out of it with his friends. But unfortunately, his friends did not have a lot of money at the time. And obviously, WrestleMania is pretty expensive, as we know from going to Mania 27. Uh, So he found a way to get around that. He found out that you could volunteer to work at Access through a charity organization. And if Hmm. you agreed to work two out of the six Access sessions, then you would get a free Access session to attend. And if you worked four of those sessions, then you'd actually get tickets to the Raw After Mania. So he called out of work for the week to attend a couple of the access sessions with the primetime players and Fandango. Uh, Took a tour of access uh, where he bumped into Triple H and Stephanie. And um, he said this was an an incredible experience. And... um, as access VIP, you got to walk through. They actually held it in the arena where Raw was the next night. Um, they had access there. So we got to go through the general manager's office, Vince McMahon's office, the locker room, the gorilla position. Uh, you get your photo on the Raw stage in the Titantron uh, legally, not like Sweet. I did uh, <laughs> with my buddy. Um said he spent two hours working the John Cena karaoke shift and all this sort of stuff. But John Cena sang karaoke for two hours? I don't think John Cena sang karaoke. Dang it. <laughs> People just sing John Cena's song for two right, hours? Right, I guess so. He <laughs> said, without question, though, <laughs> they sing the whole album, man. Oh, okay. Anyway, go ahead. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> He said the best session was the Thursday night access. Ric Flair was scheduled to do the VIP signing, but he had to pull out actually because this was right when uh, Reed passed away. Mm. And so they told fans they could get a refund or get a surprise replacement. Guess who that surprise replacement happened to be? Mm. Uh, Kane? The Undertaker. He filled in what? at access for Ric Flair on short notice. And so he was two Whoa. feet away from Undertaker for this two-hour access session and got to watch him signing autographs. He says it really shows his loyalty to the company um, doing these hours at access um, with the fans just to, you know out of nowhere uh, coming in spontaneously I, before he's having this big WrestleMania match. I never heard that. I did not know he was at Access. I didn't know he was ever at Access. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Pretty awesome. He probably did it just for Rick, you know? Like Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's insane. That's awesome, man. In case of emergency, break the Undertaker glass. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was the highlight for him this weekend, for sure, because he says... Um, He took his wife to the Hall of Fame, which was her first ever wrestling show, Um, went to the press conference, went to all these WrestleMania activities, all this sort of stuff, but he didn't actually end up at WrestleMania. 
Uh, ticket prices were mm. insane on the secondary market. But he went into Manhattan and paid someone $500 for floor seats off Craigslist on the day of the show, got to MetLife Stadium, and the tickets were fake. Son of a gun. And if you'll recall, he got fake tickets to, I think, Royal Rumble 2008 (laughs) uh, back in the day, too. Um, Bad luck, Tommy. I know. <laughs> Scalper's delight. He's he says, got Mark written all over him, I guess. That uh, Tommy. He says, not a worse feeling than standing outside of the freezing cold MetLife Stadium while the Miz's music plays, only to have to return to your car. And he was oh. so crushed and had to return home to watch the show on pay-per-view. Since he was in such a poor mood that he hated the show and didn't even appreciate this match until he went back and watched it this week because he knew we were doing it Dang. on the show and saw how awesome it was. But uh, he did have a great time at Raw the next night. Had some great seats to that. So very unique story. Hole. Exactly. That Gosh. too, man. Brutal. Oh. Man, well, we're glad you went back and watched it, Tommy. Thank you so much for sharing that story, man. I was in, man, I'm captivated by that. That was awesome. We love these stories from you guys, man. This is fantastic. This is why I always ask if you were there, let you know, share with us. We love it, and we love it if you can always ask at the end of the episode. But if you know what's coming up next, please share it before we get to the episode so we can share it on here. You know, we we absolutely love that. That's so good, man. Yeah, you got some bad luck with these aftermarket tickets, bro. <laughs> uh, but such a unique experience to get to work that Undertaker yeah. access session. That is really, really cool, Tommy. So thanks yeah. for sharing that. And we're going to get some even more fan interaction on next week's show. So I told you, you know, chronologically, the next week would be WrestleMania 30, Brock Lesnar, and The Streak. Well, you know, we're trying to stretch this podcast out. We want to make it last as long as we can. So we're going to throw some bonus episodes here to you in these final few months of the podcast. And it's sad that the streak is ending. It, you know, it's it's so it's so upsetting. We want to go back in time and we want to relive some of the great moments of the streak. We want to celebrate the streak one last time before we have to bury it. So we're gonna go back, uh, not too far. We're just gonna go back a few weeks to WrestleMania 25 and 26. Probably the two best matches of the streak. I don't know, Travis. Once he might want to argue, CM Punk belongs in there. No, 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 I don't. <laughs> no that's all right. It's no, okay. I, I don't. I, I think those four. This is the this is the right under those four to me personally. Okay. I uh, no, I I just I want people to to not overlook this match, I guess, because those four get all the all the um, praise. But yeah, we're gonna go back to WrestleMania 25 and 26. And I thought we were going back to watch his first match of Snuka. I'm just kidding. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Four-minute episode. <laughs> no, it's just, we're going to do a watch-along <laughs> episode, uh, which we have not done for many normal matches. We've done it for you know the Royal Rumbles a right. couple other times. Uh, this one, the we kind of talked about this brainstorm we had. We're going to watch them back-to-back, yeah. compare these two iconic matches, and do an alternate commentary with them. But we're going to invite a special friend along to do that. He's a friend of the show, a fan of the show, almost our third correspondent on the show because we talk about him so much. He's been to so many shows. He's such a huge Undertaker fan. He's been along with us for the ride. Uh, We're going to invite Pokey's little dog, a.k.a. Randy Turco, to come on and be on the podcast. You've heard us mention him We've never met him. We've never talked to him besides on Twitter. So we're going to talk to him for the first time on the show. uh, And he's going to come on and join us and give his perspective 
and we'll have a three-man booth for these two matches. So uh, we'll hope that you'll join us as we celebrate the streak next week, and in two weeks we will bury the streak with that Brock Lesnar match. So something a little fun, something a little different uh, with a special friend of the show. He deserves it uh, with all of his comments and commentary he's brought along through the show, and we are excited to have Turco on, and I can confront him about stealing that uh, Undertaker hat from me on eBay <laughs> a few weeks ago. But uh, excited to have yeah, you on, Randy. It's going to be fun. And, uh, you know, we, we met uh, Jeremy Bagley uh, back at when we met Taker. You know, what a, what a great weekend that was. And uh, got to meet a, a, one of our, you know, fans and followers. And a great guy. We really enjoyed it. I almost wish we would have thought to just record something with him that night. It was just a, a whirlwind night. We were in New York for less than 24 hours. So yeah, exactly. It was crazy. Exactly. But, um, and then the world shut down the next day. So, um, but uh, <laughs> anyway, it's uh, that was wonderful. And this is going to be another wonderful experience uh, getting to, to have one of our, our biggest fans on, on the show. And we're looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, we just needed a breather in between the last match of the streak is intact and then going into the devastating loss that he's going to take at WrestleMania. And he's, he's going to get shook up. <laughs> he's going to get got by Brock Lesnar. Yes, he is. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Suckers got to know. So, we're going to take a little break and, and get a fan on here and just you know, do something different. And it's going to be fun. So, you guys join along. But uh, if you were there on April 7, 2013 at MetLife, um, our hat's off to you, man. You guys were a raucous crowd. Oh, you got the finger out. Yeah, one last thing. Sorry. Uh, I did do a poll on the Twitter uh, going back last week to the Triple H matches, and I asked our fans, speaking of the fans, to vote on their favorite Triple H match at WrestleMania. So what was the best one? Was it WrestleMania 27 or WrestleMania 28 or the one that doesn't exist, WrestleMania 17, which was the best Undertaker Triple H match at WrestleMania Third place, sadly, Atlanta. WrestleMania 27 got 18% of the vote. WrestleMania 17 got 29% of the vote. But WrestleMania 28, overwhelmingly, 53% of the vote. You guys voted the end of the era, the best Triple H Undertaker match. Can't argue with that one too much. Yeah, I I totally get it. You know, X7 in second place makes sense for most fans. uh, I guess viewpoint because... uh, that was American BA versus Taker, I mean, versus Triple H, right? I mean, you had that uh, that match. It was, it was great. But, again, I, I said personally I like 27 a whole lot. Again, we we talked on our episode that that, that whole WrestleMania gets crapped on by people that weren't there. You know, it was just – it was special, though, for us, and that match was special uh, for the night. But I don't, dis- I don't disagree with the fans at all. That's a great uh, – thank you guys for answering that, you know, and telling us uh, what your thoughts were. So – Good, good stuff. And you guys remembered WrestleMania X7, even though no, no, you forgot for a whole year. So, But anyway, yeah, if you were there April 7th uh, at MetLife, uh, again, great crowd, wonderful. We'd love to hear some more stories. Thank you, Watch Along, Tommy, for sharing with us. Anybody else, if you got a story about being there, we'd love to have it and share it on the podcast here. Other than that, ladies and gentlemen, go watch this match. Uh, don't compare it to the Sean and the Triple H matches because it's something different. But go watch it. You know, it's it's great in a bubble. It's the last Punk match at WrestleMania. It's the last of the intact streak. So go watch, check it out, do yourself a favor. It's not too long. Twenty-two minutes flies by. But uh, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, stay safe out there. And most importantly, take her easy. As an actress, I don't really come across roles like that very. Oh God. Excuse me, one second, do you mind?
Hello? Hmm. Hallie, David Otunga here. How are you? Hey, David. Um, didn't I tell you I was doing press for the call today? So, like, why are you calling me? Oh, that's right. Uh, look, I'm really sorry to bother you, but there's something I gotta tell you. Um, you remember on set, you told me to keep your cell phone number private? Well, I may have shared it with someone who threatened me with physical harm. You know what? <laughs> Don't even worry about it. It's not a big deal. Anyway, talk to you later, HB. David! Is this Halle Berry? Uh, yes. I know where you live. Who is this? I just have one question for you, Halle. Why don't you ever return my fan mail? I feel like we've made a connection. I mean, I even included a picture. Wait a minute. Are you that crazy guy in the red mask who keeps writing me every single day? Maybe. You wrote that your home address is the depths of hell. What do you expect me to do with that? Well, you know how kids write to Santa Claus at the North Pole? This is the opposite. Oh, God. I'm going to kill Otunga. Does this mean we're not going on that picnic? Sorry about that. I I'm not going to answer my phone again.